Hi, everybody. Welcome to FNS Wrestling Podcast, episode 104. That's two years, right, buddy? Is it? I think so. 52 oh, times two. I'm pretty didn't sure. Do anything. We didn't do anything. I just oh. remembered kind of when I, I said forgot. it. I forgot. And you've been reminding me for a couple of weeks. Did I? Yeah, you've been like, uh, we're coming up to two years. Oh, yeah. Oh, then I forgot. Congratulations to us. Yay! Started during a pandemic that we didn't think would be that lengthy, right? We were looking for something to do. Yeah, and then we just kind of didn't want to end it. Right. Or we, we just, just didn't. We just keep, well, I enjoy doing it, so I just keep going. I don't it's know. It's kind of like a constant now. Yes. So, I'm and okay you, with it. You don't enjoy taking notes for Dynamite, but. No, and then, yeah. And getting off your butt to come down here and record. Yeah, right. Doing things. Doing things. Yeah. But anyways, welcome to episode 104. I'm your host. It's my co-host and teenage son, Jack, across the table from me. And what's new with you this week? Recording a bit early this week, which will be nice for us, hopefully. Because we're going to try and do something we haven't done since, what did you say? 2000... August 10th, 2019. You remember the exact date. Take... I had to look it up, but take over Toronto. Right. Oh, that's the last thing we went to. We're yeah, going to go to the indie show is before that. We're going to go to a live indie show um, tonight, I guess. And we'll see how it is. I have no idea. Only one match on the card. Never heard of either. Our last one would have been a Saturday, too, because it was TakeOver. Right. So um, I don't know. We're just looking to get back into it. Really cheap tickets just at a, I don't know, it's about an hour away. So we're going to go check that out tomorrow. You watched Minions last night with your younger brother and some of his Two friends. Two nights ago. Two nights ago, and how was it? You said it was kind of boring. boring. Nice of you to go with the younger folks, though. Yeah, and then I also went to Thor a second time on Monday. Left, yeah, you did. Left us adults to hang out together in a backyard, and then you showed up late on your bike. Yeah, <laughs> it was a weird evening, but yeah, so that was fun. And mm-hmm. yes, you saw Thor again. Yes, and I will probably go again, again. Still really liked it. Yeah, w- willing to see it a third time if you had to. Yeah, and if I'm, I'm gonna. I'll try. I don't know. I'll trick someone. So what did you think of the studio? I finally put up my Father's Day present. Yeah. It's, it's just some ba- some gray. boring gray and two-tone gray, is it? Yeah. Tiles. You can't uh, tell. Just some sound treatment. I think I can tell the darker ones are gray. The lighter ones, I wasn't sure what you were going to say they were gray. due to some color blindness. But yeah, it's just some sound treatment we put up yeah. to. So if it sounds better, there you go. Now you know why. If it sounds exactly the same, that is possible as well. Mm-hmm. So I had to move all the wrestling posters out of the way mm-hmm. and put these up. Yes. So we'll see if it sounds any different. Ooh. Very exciting stuff this week. Yes. Anything new in your life? What do you want to talk about? Uh, I'll stop talking about wall treatment, sound treatment. I got nothing. You got nothing. Um, yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> and then we're going to move into news, which you also got nothing. Oh, yes. I will continue to have nothing. <laughs> yeah so slow week like, it, I, I just couldn't get anything that interested me. it is a slow week i was digging pretty deep to get any stories but i guess that's what we'll move into is talking about some of the week's uh wrestling news and rumors so starting out with the ratings we had this week's nxt 582,000 viewers down 2%, so basically the same as last week, and they earned a 0.14 in the key demographic, up 17%, so they'll be happy with that. Dynamite, to contrast or compare, I guess, had 942,000 viewers, so down 3.8% from last week, 0.32 in the key demo, which is down 11%, but is still the fourth straight week that Dynamite has been the top of the, that demographic for Wednesday night shows, so they're probably happy about that. So pretty 
I mean, not much shift for either show from last week, to be honest. Key demographics up and down a little bit, but the overall number is pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. So I guess you got nothing for me, eh? I have nothing. <laughs> I should have sent you a couple of my stories. I'll go quickly then. You just have very, you know, interesting reactions to all of them. I mean, like, that's your job. Oh, my God. Or Yep. Like, what do you think about what? WWE Raw moving to TV 14? I could care less. Yeah, we I... won't notice because we don't watch it. No, I could see there being a change, but I can also I can also see it just not being that different. So the end of the PG era, at least on Raw, like I don't know what the explicit difference is between 14 and PG. I imagine there's more cursing allowed and stuff. So I at first when I heard it, I was speculating that that's them wanting to like return to Attitude Era stuff. But then I read some more, and according to Meltzer, um, they have WWE themselves have yet to acknowledge the change in direction, but a source within the company has confirmed with Meltzer that it's actually USA Network decision and not WWE. So I was a little surprised by that, right? Mm-hmm. Although I guess if WWE's trying to attract the kids, I don't know if they're. Well, maybe it's like the what's it called like like the target demo or whatever yeah they can definitely the the whatever demo 18 to 49 yeah so you're right they're probably gonna quote unquote do edgier (laughs) i don't even want to know what that looks like i was just gonna say with the with the people they have writing now telling them okay you guys can push it a little bit more now like i'm wondering what kind of nonsense they're gonna cook up um and Meltzer also noted it's unlikely that raw would go back to like having bloody matches and some of the diva style matches, right? Like the bra and panties matches or whatever. Oh my God. Imagine oh, I could totally see them just slipping back to that. Right. It's when so it's like, easy. They, yeah, exactly. They're like, this is what's worked forever. So we're going back to that. Cause it's the same people writing it or approving what's written. Let's put it that way. Right. Um, but less likely that and more likely more swearing and just profanity in general. So I, I wouldn't like you. I kind of wouldn't rule out anything with Vince no. in charge of creative. Right in charge right so who knows what could happen um would you like to the you could talk about the the nxt stars supposedly getting new ring names do you remember oh, who that was and yes. what the names were oh no i don't uh one of them was jagger reed which is uh, jagger reed, and then was it correct farlow rip fowler fowler that's what it was. so yes like what kind of name is that according to pw insider james drake will be jagger reed and zach gibson will be rip fowler and it's still being who's that's not a name (laughs) so terrible reminds me of um rip from that's what i was yes from whatever that movie was it reminds you of no holds barred isn't that beautiful that's not a good thing to remind me of no that was not a pleasant experience (laughs) um still speculated that it's um gibson and drake that are right now the druid or the dyad or the what was the new name schism Which Um, that just makes it better. Which are like Joe Gacy's headsmen. So they took a cool tag team that could actually wrestle and do stuff. And I don't know, man. I have zero faith that they're going to do anything interesting with these guys, right? It's going to be worse than what they were. it's going to suck. It's almost so bad you want to see it, but I also don't. At least what I was saying is that, like, it's like, I think it'll be, like, different names, different characters. So you can at least, like, make, like, find some piece in that you can just pretend they're completely different people. Because they're they're pretty like like it'll be different but it's like i what annoyed me was like uh jd mc whatever mcdonough yeah I don't know, that just devlin 
like um Devlin, like it's Jordan Devlin. It's exactly Jordan Devlin. They just like, changed his name. They just changed his name, and so that annoys me because it's like, oh, I can see he's Jordan Devlin. I can't pretend it's not Jordan Devlin because it's same Tron, same theme, same gimmick, same nickname. Like it's kind of them going, we know you're not watching it, right? It's UK. Jordan Devlin. You're not watching not Jordan it. Devlin. It's yeah. not. It's not like. And I was thinking like that'd be like if Pete Dunn kept the same gimmick, but then someone he was named Butch still. Right. Like that would just be bad. But like at least like it's still stupid though. Like Rip Fowler, like what? It's what bad. kind of name is that? I don't know. That's probably one of the worst bad. ones yet. Like Grizzled that, Young Veterans, I hate their tag team name, but I think they're really even, cool like, as an act. That's like dumb, like logically, but like that's like very minor in the They were still cool. Yeah, and that was very minor in the grand scheme of things. Like, yep. That was better than Swerve and Our Glory, though. Uh, actually, I don't know. Those are probably on the same level. Pretty much. Yeah. Um. So my next story, because he seems to work his way into our news for some reason, because I kind of like to laugh at him, and I think you do too. And that's Killer Cross. So he claims that he pitched a return of the Ministry of Darkness. I saw that, like a PG one. And that he also claims... Corporate ministry, okay. He had multiple writers on board and that it was going to be like a new twist on it, including like dealing with conspiracy theories and the occult. So like dark stuff and just... He says, of course, he's using that. At the end of the day, you know, there, it all comes down to one person's approval of stuff. So I had, according to him, he had writers on board, but the one person that matters didn't want to go ahead with it. So I wonder who that could be. Nick Khan. <laughs> I don't think so. It might be soon, depending if anyone gets in enough trouble to lose their job. I highly doubt he will. But oh, no. Talk no, he'll always come back. Uh, the only other thing I have is you kind of told me this, and then I saw it in print, so I'm, I'm stealing it is it appears that Claudio Casagnoli will take on ROH champion Jonathan Gresham, right? And that that will be the main event, it looks like, of Death by Dishonor, or Death Before Dishonor, sorry, pay-per-view. Death by Dishonor. That'd be funny. <laughs> uh, so I guess they teased it during the Rampage ta- taping, but I kind of... Did we watch it yet? No, right? So no. It's, it's coming up so for us to watch at some point. Um, I guess in his post-match interview, Gresham declared himself the best wrestler in the world, and then that brought Claudio to interrupt him and confront him. So it looks like that's what we're getting, which should be a pretty cool match and just cool that we now get to see Cesaro facing. Like, it's all about fresh matchups for me, right? I say it all the time. So him being in a new company helps for sure. Kind of in two companies, right, I guess? He can mm-hmm. do ROHN, uh, yeah. I guess. And I guess that's the end of news since you don't have anything, right? Nope. So let's uh, transition to the part where you get to do the heavy lifting, and that is taking a look at this week's episode of AEW Dynamite. So we open the show with (laughs) a new TNT champion Wardlow defending against Orange Cassidy, because, well, I don't know. I don't know why either, to be honest. I'm not sure. I'm confused. Um, notable throws the Total World Head Scissors by Cassie Award, though Carwheel's out of it. Um, that was impressive, actually. Mm-hmm. For I haven't seen him do, I don't think I've seen him do that before, so that was I don't cool. I think so. Um, Wardlow pulls uh Dan Hazen from under the ring and off of the distraction. Cassie hits an orange punch on the outside. Um, but back in the ring, Wardlow regains control of the belly to belly. Cassie counters a powerbomb into a DDT, falls with the Tilt World DDT for one count. Um, there was an F10 by Wardlow for two, which they noted was Cassie was the first one to kick out of that, I think. I think so, yeah. Um, so looked pretty good. He chucked them. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, there's Stundog, Millionaire, Orange Punch, and a Beach Break for Cassie for Near Falls. So just stringing together the big moves. For sure. Uh, Wardlow ducks another Orange Punch, and he wins with a singular Powerbomb. Yeah, I thought that was a, a probably a compliment to Cassidy, right? That it's like, I can only hit one. I'm not going to... And he took all of his or took all of his big offense to... Yeah. I don't know how you feel, because we haven't talked about this one at all, but I really like this and was a little yeah, bit surprised, because I didn't think... It it didn't seem like I what had I wanted, low expectations. and I didn't know why it was happening either, to be honest. But like, I thought Orange Cassidy looked really good. He had a bunch of like counters to Wardlow's power moves, right? Like he's kind of studied the guy and how he wins every match, and he had counters for it, which I thought was cool. And it was just like a, I know a good story of like the small I'm underdog. Disappointed that he didn't go for body slam, so maybe <laughs> exactly. that's that's why he lost. Exactly. He should have like gone on a power bomb, a uh, body slam, and won the match then and there. Lots of like cool near falls right for cassidy just to sort of, of course he's never going to win but just to like i don't know so this is it's cool because i've have kind of been wondering how they're going to make wardlow vulnerable is not the right word but like actually able to have a competitive match because right. he's just killed everyone for however long now and this was sort of i quickly forgot about it and cassidy looked legitimate to me right so yeah i thought this was like First time they actually kind of did that. Yeah, and I thought it was really good. I was um, surprised. I'm, I don't know why, because I, I say I don't really like Orange Cassidy, and then he has matches, and I'm like, him and Osprey might have been my favorite match on the show. I thought this match was really good, so maybe I like him more than I think I do. I don't I know. Guess but so. anyways. Yeah, I really um, like this match. Yeah, I was really, I mean, really hoping uh, Mox and Takeshita were going to open, because I just sure. thought that would make sense. Um, but as I said, I th- I think it's pretty alright considering I didn't really expect that much. I didn't love it or anything, but I th- I thought it was solid. Like I thought it was a perfectly fine opener, just nothing like uh amazing. Um, I thought it was a solid showing for Cassie and uh Wardlow looked good kicking out of the the big string of offense there. Um, I wish Wardlow was more done here because he only had a couple cool notable things, but that's fine. It's probably the most vulnerable he's looked since the recent push. Like I'm for sure, that. like they kind of showed that they were capable of doing the right competitive world the match. Um, kind of odd it was against Cassidy, but um, it was fine. It was it was a solid match. Um, I liked it. Solid opener. Yep. Um, then we got highlights of Pack versus Shota Umino for which was the first defense of the Atlantic title, which was from Red Pro last Sunday, which they also aired on Dark. Right. Um, the day before Dynamite. Didn't watch it, but the highlights looked cool. Uh, Umino looks cool. Mm-hmm. Um. And then next we hear from Chris Jericho. Uh, he says he stands out here as Chris Jericho, the living legend, which apparently Ric Flair didn't like. Oh, really? Too bad like, for him. Grow up. He was on Impact this week. Ew. In a seg, like not him in the yeah, live, but yeah. He's like old. like. Well, legend. and like, anyways, we'll Who get cares? there. I'll talk about it later. Yeah, it's not like, it's a young guy. It's Chris Jericho who's also kind of old. He is. So like, live with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not any other monikers and any Kingston superior. He says he wants to address a lot of Kings, uh, a lot of things Kingston said last week. Uh, he didn't make Kingston a liar because he isn't a liar. Jericho lists off Kingston's friends and acquaintances that he and, ja- and Jessica, Pound Powerful, Daniels, and Ruby Soho. Um, Jericho talks about how Kingston challenged him to this broad wire everywhere match, and he asks how many Kingston has had, and more importantly, how many he has won. He says he won the first barbed wire match in Canadian history. Sure. Uh, I don't know. Fact check. I don't know. Uh, and he's just as sadistic and maniacal as Kingston, he, and he underestimates that. He says Kingston will face the Painmaker. The Painmaker. Next week, who's undefeated in AEW as it is a different person. <laughs> yes. Uh, Jericho says this is the <laughs> final fight between him and Kingston in their saga. When he wins, Kingston can crawl back to his hole and every excuse he's had. He will never be at Jericho's level. And he says he Kingston is a liar. He's a loser. Ouch. Yeah. I, 
I'm not going to lie, this didn't do a whole lot for me. It felt really long. I didn't feel like it added much to me. Like like you, I know you're going to say so too. Him going, you're getting the pain maker is, doesn't mean a whole lot to me, right? Um, the, the crowd reacted strongly to Jericho calling out Kingston's sort of mental health issues. Um, but I thought he was kind of rambling here. Like he didn't have much of a plan going into this. And he used a lot to say very little, I thought. So I also, don't you feel like this feud has kind of run its course already? Have they not had two multi-man bloody battles already? Uh, they also had the match at Revolution. Right, so this doesn't feel fresh. It kind of feels... I mean, I guess the barbed wire is... Whatever, but they've already been in, like, bloody matches already, so I don't know. It didn't do a lot for me, you? One of the matches may or may not have had blood in the title. Correct. Uh, if we're talking recent heel promos, I enjoyed Kristen Cage a lot more. Me too. Uh, there's there's something I never expected to say or hear. <laughs> um, but this is fine. It wasn't the most entertaining, but I thought it was fine. Uh, best part of him... Our best part was him listening off how he's taking on most of the people close to or associated with Eddie Kingston. Um, I thought the reveal of the Painmaker uh, next week was kind of lame because of the way he touted it and also saying Painmaker's undefeated. Is, like, it's like they're seeing it like Demon Valor. And at least to me, those are very, two very different things. Like Painmaker seems like Jericho's like slightly different look, like a bit of makeup. And he's not really that different. Like he's pretty much just Jericho still. And it's not really an alternate ego. Like Demon Valor is a whole different thing. Right. Compared to Finn Balor, like it's just it's different. Uh, anyways, it was a fine promo. I guess I hope they have explosions next week. Either that or barbed <laughs> wire needs to literally be everywhere. There, there better not be a wire unbarbed, uh, in that arena. It has to be like everywhere. All of the seats like, all, that people are sitting chairs, on barbed wire, all over the floor. Like you can't everywhere. You're not safe. You're gonna want like extra thick shoes. What? Yeah, I didn't notice they called it barbed wire everywhere last week. I just noticed that this week. I noticed that this week. And then I noticed that they called it a barbed wire everywhere death match, so at least there's that. So if it's just barbed wire everywhere, then that's just kind of weird. But you must die. Yes. Fair. Um, then it's because there's an Eddie Kingston promo with Ortiz and Ruby Soho. He tells Jericho to bring the Paymaker because that matters, and it yep. won't matter. It will not. No, it will not. And he says he'll pay for what he did to Soho and Ortiz as Jericho would say it, and he'll pay with every ounce of his blood and he will enjoy it. He says we'll see him next week. Uh, it was a short promo, but I liked it. Um, he kind of like seemed like pretty unhinged here, which I really liked. Um, Me too. Should be an interesting match next week, I guess. Yeah, he took like a fraction of the time Jericho did, and I thought accomplished the same or more, right? Without in like a quarter of the time. So I loved him like getting close enough to the camera. He was like bumping it with his nose at one point because he's just super intense, right? And he's always amazing. So I thought he did more with less compared to Jericho mm -hmm. here. Uh, next we get EA. The match you wanted. Uh, Moxley versus Takeshita, which I had lost my crap when I thought I, or when I found out this was happening. Cause... I'm just watching in the middle of watching Takeshita Mike Bailey because it was on YouTube. Mm. So I'm gonna. It looks so far it's good. And but anyway, this is an interim world title eliminator match. So basically, if Takeshita were to win, he would get a title shot. Right. Um. Easily the thing I'm most excited for on the show. They did a great job of making me him like Takeshita from. That uh, Hangman match, and mm -hmm. it's Kanosuke Takeshita. I can say it now. Yes, he, he is very cool. I figured out how to say it. Ooh, proud of myself. Good job. Um, there's a shoulder tackle stalemate back and forth early on. Uh, Mox hit a chop and takes Takeshita down with the side headlock until Takeshita gets him off. It's a leg lariat. And there's a chop exchange uh, pretty early on. There's a pile driver from, by Mox for yes. two, which I thought was that was interesting because I don't know, I, I don't feel like we usually see that that early. Right. If that makes sense. Um. Uh, there's a high German suplex by Mox uh, post-commercial break, and Takeshita was busted open during the break. Um, Takeshita comes back with some forearms after getting a lot of speed. He hits that leaping clothesline he does. Yep. Takeshita line, but I don't, I don't know why you'd call it that. No. Uh, there's a brain buster for two by Takeshita. 
Um, Mox gets an arm bar in, but Takeshi gets a rope break. Uh, Topic on Hilo by Takeshi to the outside, then back in the ring, Frog Splash for two. Blue Thunder Bomb by Takeshi for another two count. Mox avoids the high knee, hits a paradigm shift in the hammer and anvil elbows. Takeshi avoids the second paradigm shift attempt, hits a rolling elbow and a high German suplex for a close near fall, which is pretty cool. It was. And Mox eventually hits another paradigm shift, and he taps out Takeshi with the bulldog choke. I think it was the Death Rider when he gets it up really high. Is it not different slightly? I thought it was the Death Rider when they, I guess, but I thought, I think they only called it that when it was like, when they were doing like the Japan matches. I thought that's they, called, they it called it that it. this time. I could they be did, but I don't know why, because oh. they, they always call it the Paradigm Shift. Yeah. Like, it's Death Rider in Japan for some reason. Uh, another excellent Takeshita match, right? Like, I don't know what it is about this guy, but every match he had has been really compelling so far. Um, I even notice his selling, right? It seems like that's beyond his years of experience, and his offense always looks awesome. He's got really good size. He's super fast. I think they've, like, stumbled onto a star here. Um, I don't know if they're going to keep him or use him or if he's signed or what his status is, but with zero story and zero character development, this guy's now had multiple excellent matches, right? And we talk about him a lot. Um, and also, I mean, not to overlook Mox, too. Like, kudos to him for giving Takeshita a lot here and helping him look really good again, right? Yes. Really competitive match with the current champion of the company. So for, for me, looking at this show, there's two really strong matches to start the show, so I'm happy. I feel like this used to happen more often on Dynamite than it has been, so this feels like a bit of a throwback to me. I liked mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah, I thought it was awesome. It was exactly what I expected and wanted out of this. Another phenomenal showing for Takeshita. I can't get enough of it. I think it's awesome. He's Something great. about him, he's just really cool. And when he really gets going in a match, he's just awesome. Uh, another star-making uh, showing here. Um, he hits really crisp. It's awesome. And then he's got some sick moves, like the Blue Thunder Bomb. Or His Brain Buster looks brain buster sick always in this. Connects well. That German suplex was really cool, like the way he stalls it mm-hmm. for a second. He's really good at selling, too, like uh, you also noted. Um, like in general, I think he does that really well too. I remember the first paradigm shift he took perfectly, like spiked him. Yep. Um, I figured Mox would win as typically the champs win these Illuminator matches. Remember, uh, what was it? Like Omega Sidal was really good for some reason. Yes, it was. Uh, like last year. Um, Takeshi looked awesome again, harkening back to that Hangman match I really liked. Uh, it took a lot from Mox to keep him down, so he looked in defeat. I don't know if it's an actual uh, contender or not, but I'd put this as one of the matches I've enjoyed the most of the year just because I don't know. I'm, I really enjoyed Takeshi. Like, I think this and the Hangman match were awesome there have been some strong tv matches this year right yeah, i was like I'll, i mentioned it later when we had like another great match like i would even like say like you could have like a dynamite match category because there's like so many you could i'll put it in the document for your end awards as an idea right yeah because there's like there, I don't know, there's been so many like i can at least think of this one the main event for the show to catch the hangman technically um daniels and hangman too like the also dax um osprey that was and, awesome and yeah. the ladder match um, yep Anyways, uh, yeah, I really like this. Uh, my Me favorite, too. My favorite thing so far. Yep. Maybe my favorite thing overall. I'm not sure. He, it's close, right? It There's is. two matches that were excellent it on is. this show. It's really close. And then I'll, I like the opener too. I'll have to think about that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, next we get Hustle Black promo, which I, once again, could not take notes on and then forgot to find notes for. So uh, if you want to find it, I'd say go find it if you want to. But um, just I'll talk about what I thought. Uh, I I think I can say I'd rather Julia Hart not speak here. She did fine, but just even the voice, like I, she just doesn't fit the vibe. Uh, my note says Julia Hart still feels out of place, and I don't know what they can do like, to I fix it. I don't know it. why. I don't know why. And just with here. the amount of time they don't spend on women, I don't see how she's gonna change or get better. Right. right? 
Um, and Black and King also spoke, so I thought they were solid as usual. Uh, Clip of King attacking Darby, wherever that was. That looked cool. It, was, it looked like it was like a store or something. Yes. I think Darby versus House of Black sounds great and all. Uh, maybe takes us away from that Mira feud I don't really want. Like, uh, yeah. and also, I want Sting not involved with this because all it takes is for him to no sell like one thing or something, <laughs> then they look stupid. And I don't think, I, I don't think they need to look stupid like that. Yeah. I, so the, the gist of this was, it was Malachi Black speaking as he usually does, right? With metaphors and some ambiguous language. And then Brody King took over and he was more straightforward. And I think that's something they can use more going forward, right? Whereas he speaks, he's the more direct to the point one and Black can continue to do what he does. Um, and yeah, we talked about Julia Hart just feels a bit strange in, in, in with this group still. So I don't know what they're going to do to fix it, but... Um, Brody King Darby Allen should be a fun match. Uh, major contrast in styles, right? So it should be fun. Mm -hmm. uh, next, we get Christian Cage with Luchasaurus, and then Luchasaurus is an turtleneck check. Yes, confirm. Check. Uh, Cage says there's something he finds very annoying with the varsity blondes who are in the ring. And he says, just like Jungle Boy, Pillman had a father, but his father was a legend in this business. And legend is other people's words, not his. And in his opinion, he was okay at best. He <laughs> says Pillman's father would be appalled to know his final contribution to this business was uh brian pillman jr so right. that's that's nice that's pretty funny uh, cage rips on um uh, a picture of uh that garrison posts on social media of himself he says he didn't know what annoyed him and he realized and then he asks loose stories if garrison looks like a jungle boy mm -hmm. and then loose shorts makes his way to the ring um so i like this only complaint still no ex explanation for luchasaurus we still kind of no. need that full cane entrance i think it could be really interesting yeah i think his entrance is awesome um, second time they haven't explained it, so I really hope they do that right. soon. Um, I do like that they chose the varsity blondes to sacrifice Luchasaurus because, um, I guess they pointed out that Garrison looks like Jungle Boy, but primarily because Cage could rip on Pillman's father like he did for Jungle Boy, which I like because that's always fun. Yeah, that's a good. Both of those things are are smart, right? Like, right. You have the dead dad, and you have someone he can motivate Luchasaurus by saying, "Doesn't he look like Jungle Boy? Go mm -hmm. kill him," sort of thing, right? Mm -hmm. So that was, yeah, that's smart. Mm -hmm. I think for sure. Uh, next, we, it rolls right into Luchasaurus versus Griff Garrison. Uh, there's a nice German suplex transitioned out of like another position by Luchasaurus. Like he had him on his shoulder and then he transitions into a German. Which oh is yeah, cool. He, yeah, he dropped him down and yeah, that was cool. He did that boot against the ring post, and then um, he finishes him with two choke slams and that nerve hold submission, which is called the tar pit, uh, for the win. And then after he attacks Garrison and Pillman, he lays out Pillman on the timekeeper's table with choke slams Garrison through the table with Pillman lying there. Uh, what did you think? Uh, Luchasaurus looked like a beast here, which was the point, right? And honestly, Griff Garrison's leaping ability really helps him out on all of those there were, what, three choke slams all together. So they looked really good because Garrison can get up so high, right? Um, and I don't know, AEW built one main event monster in Wardlow, right? So Luchasaurus, he seems like he'll never get to that level, maybe a notch or two below, but he's looking pretty strong so far, right? Um, my only nitpick i guess was shouldn't pillman have been going after christian at ringside or something considering what christian said which i thought was a little less cutting than his previous two pro heel promos that i've no, liked better but was. he could have gone deeper into that so the guy like attacks rips on your dead dad and whatnot and then you just stand at ringside because because there's a match going on so right you gotta, distracted like, i guess right. but yeah i thought this was all it needed to be right so yeah. and that uh luchasaurus looked good mm-hmm uh, another squash for Luchasaurus. I liked it again. Uh, looks like a beast. Uh, like you said, Garrison has a good vertical, so that kind of helps with the choke slams. Yep. I wish he finished with those. Um, aside from the submission, I mean, if he used the guy's arm more for like more pressure, like the choke himself, then it would look better. 
Um, I will say, I like the name of the tar pit. I just think it makes you giggle every time. It's eh? really funny. <laughs> I, and it's, it's amusing. I think it's cool, but it's just amusing. I don't. I, mean, I just don't. I wish he would win with something impactful. Because get would it, be it looks my like wish. he just dipped his old ring gear in tar. I guess that's it. Because like all black, get it? He is wear all black now. Yep. Yeah, it looks like yeah. Mm-hmm. It could be or spray paint, but you're not gonna call submission to spray paint, right? You could. Why not? No, but like I guess if you're like uh 2016 Usos, yes, playing or paint. like the Nasty Boys, their Nasty old, boys. I think their gear was like spray paint motif. I, I it looked like um it was like paint spot or like a NXT paintballs. NXT not, 2.0 not NXT. No, no, not that. <laughs> thank God. Um, the choke slam through the table post match looked good. Cool. Yeah, it looked good. Uh, next we get a Jazz promo, which is Garcia 2.0. Uh, Menard says they've had enough of cages, and Parker asks how high it will be in the interview. Doesn't know. Uh, Menard says he wants Blackpool Comic Club and Kingston's plays locked up too. Uh, 2.0 leave angry, and Garcia says he understands why they want to cage him. He says Yuta has been doing Garcia cosplay for the past six months, and he will take the pure title from him at Desperate's Honor. Um, I enjoyed 2.0 here. I thought they were good. Yeah, they're I, funny. Like, the way they kind of fly off the handle. And then it's just Garcia. Funny. Like, oh, yes. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what it is, but just watching Garcia promos irritates me. His like, delivery is not really I, good. I just, I don't like it. It's just off the way he talks and like his manner, like the way he delivers and just the way he looks. Like it just doesn't, it doesn't work for me. And I don't like it's, it's not even like, it's not even like a good healer you want to hate on. It's just like I don't like it. Like it's just not good. And on one hand, I get what he's saying about Yuta stealing his gimmick for the last six months, which is kind of funny, but like. At the same time, not really, because you're part of this we're sports entertainers thing, right? So it's kind of like they want to have it both ways. Because now he's like, I'm going to beat you for the pure wrestling, he's going, but I'm he's also... He's a sports entertainer going for like the, probably the least sports entertainment right. title. So it feels like after about two or three weeks of the Jericho Appreciation Society, they kind of... It's almost like they've dropped the whole we're sports entertainers, and it's now like we're just a group that are together, right? No different from any other. Which I'm not saying... That might actually be better. I don't know because I don't know how they were going to do the whole sports entertainers. But it seems like they've leaned away from it, right? Which Rather is than weird, into that it. was like it's not like they are leaning away from it, but it's not like they're like denying it. So it's just it's still kind of prevalent. It's now just feels like we're a group of guys with Jericho as our leader, right? There's no real anything right. spe- special sauce to their group right. or anything anymore. But anyways, yeah, I thought like not my favorite 2.0 promo, but they're they're almost always more entertaining than most people. So mm-hmm. I was fine with it. Yeah. Uh, next we got Hangman interviews as he's disappointed about being eliminated by Brody King in the Battle Royal mm-hmm. or the Ro- sorry the Royal Rampage right. a couple weeks ago. <laughs> um, Silver and Reynolds come in and Silver says they are pissed off and they want to face House of Black and Silver says they'll beat the crap out of spooky perverts, which I thought was amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. And uh, Hangman agrees to that. So I don't know if it's on Rampage Fighter Fest or Dynamite Fighter Fest next week because it's a two week thing. Also, I wish they would just do normal Rampage because the fact that there's Rampage Fire Fest, like, it's just confusing. Like, just make it Dynamite and then, like, or give Dyna- or give Rampage its own thing. Like, slightly change the name. Like, so right. It's not like Fire Fest, Fire Fest, Fire so Fest, Fire Fest. Fighter Fest, basically. Right, exactly. Interesting. Um, either way, I'll try to catch this, though. The prospect alone of Hangman and Murphy sharing a ring for the first time is pretty cool. Yeah. Tantalizing, to say the least. And Silver also, he's cool. So I'd like to see Reynolds and Silver back in action, right? They're yes. really good um, together, so. They're the last good tag team left because Stu grayson's a little chump he's the best but he's gone yeah exactly yep. like a little poo mm-hmm. uh, what do you think maybe we'll see him back on the indie scene maybe uh yeah i thought it was fine i don't know i didn't have too many comments about it other than i'm glad to see them wrestling again mm-hmm. 
Next we have Claudio Castagnoli versus Jake Hager, billed as what I've titled The Real Americans Explode. This has been how many years in the making, did you say? Uh, I have no idea. Like, I want to say it's like... Okay, Close to so, a decade in the making? Okay, so he won... I know he won... Cesaro won the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal in 2014, like the first one. Yep. And he had the Real Americans team when he won, so it has to be at least 2014, uh, maybe before then, so I'd so, say like maybe 2013. I think we least. could say almost a decade in the making like, is how we'd phrase it. Like... Yeah, almost a decade in the making, yes. Yeah, it's almost as big as the Mega Powers explosion. Almost. Here. Yeah. Uh, yes, that is, I, I wrote as the Real Americans explode, all caps, one exclamation mark. Like, that is important. Like the Real Americans one, or sorry, not the Mega, the Mega Powers. Powers. Nice. Mega Powers. Hulk Hogan is a Real American. Of course. So. They exploded. Far for the rights of every man. Survived an explosion about it. Mm-hmm, exactly. Live to tell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, Claudio counters the ankle lock, hits a Swiss 1-9 for a two count, which I thought was like... Oh, Swiss 1-9? Ha ha. I've never noticed that. What? Is that the official name? You've never noticed that thing? Never. That's like Does a WWE do thing, too. Yeah, he's done that so many times. I did not know. I'm I remember learning him doing today. that ever since I started watching. I was watching. today years old when I learned it was called the Swiss 1-9. That funny. never occurred to you? Nope. How? I don't know. I've never noticed the... Com- I I have noticed doing this show that I disregard a lot of commentary. So if they're calling it, I might have probably missed it. That was in WWE. I know. I don't know. I probably listened less then to WWE commentary. Wow. Yeah. So anyways, that's that's funny. Go ahead. (laughs) My mind is blown. Uh, Yeah. So he 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 always does it like a little slower than I usually see it. Well, yeah. He's not Rey Mysterio. Sorry, Mm -hmm. he's not 5'5 and 120 pounds. And also, I wish he'd follow it up with something because like usually like Rey Mysterio will like do something after i don't know yeah it's like it's not i thought the like, impact looked Yoshir. good but the spin was definitely not fast yeah yeah and Io Shirai are like or like i don't know you gotta do something after that move you know yep mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um there's a a couple of corner uppercuts by claudia then a drop kick to the knee in a basement bulldog a swagger bomb swagger bomb uh <laughs> by hager for two yeah all right it's one of those things you gotta call tiffany stratton's is better when it happens nope it, that's not a swagger it really bomb. is uh, uh, swagger bomb's the best or like, um, you gotta show Brock Lock. Yep. Because that's fun. You do to love say. to say that too. Or a fight pit, which doesn't apply. R.I.P. Right. Fight pit. R.I.P. Fight pit, indeed. Fight pit was the fightiest and the pittiest. It was the fightiest pits. So much pit. Mm, so much pit. Armpit. <laughs> mm. Uh, springboard uppercut by Claudio. Also, I was saying I would be very happy if AEW just decides to rip off fight pit because I will. Whatever. Show. Bring Thatcher in and do fight pit. Let's yeah, but go. I don't know if you can call it fight pit. Well, if you can call it fight pit, pit you can fight. call it fight pit. Pit fight. Yes. <laughs> pit fight. Simple. Or pipe fit. Timothy Thatcher in a pit fight. <laughs> Works. Good to go. Can I call it pipe fit? <laughs> sure. Yeah. A uh, couple corner uppercuts and opposite corners by Claudia, and then drop kicks and take her to the outside, or Claudia hits a running uppercut against the barricade. I mean, he has a sharpshooter in. Is there any name, other name for that move? I don't think so, right? No, nothing. Oh, okay. No, they definitely call it a sharpshooter every time. They always it's, call it. Or, they or would, never. They would, they would never call it anything no. else. I don't know why they would. Um, But he releases it to take a swing at it, interfering 2.0. Hager has that slam thing he always does for two. Don't know the technical nerve. Me either. Uh, Technical term. I don't know the name. And sometimes it, it looks cool, and sometimes it doesn't. It all depends how the dude For me, it's mat. like, I don't know why that would be like, like, let's say hypothetically this is a traction finish. That would be the movie's hitting. Like, yeah, come on, no, come on. What did he used to have a power bomb or something? Got wrench power bomb, right? Uh, Doctor bomb, right? Is that the original swagger bomb? I think I bet you it was. The if you look into it, the distinction between a swagger bomb and a Vader bomb, by the way, 
Um, so Vader would like he climbs the ropes and he's like he kind of like bounces up a couple right. times and like he would just like jump off. But Swagger does like where they're runs lying perfectly from there. He runs, he hops over them, and then does it. Yeah, like faster. And Tiffany Stratton adds a corkscrew. Yeah, but that's just stupid. Like that's it's just like it looks cool. That's okay. just like how dare you disparage Tiffany Stratton? You're bedazzling it too much. You know? <laughs> but she, it looks good, man, when she does it. Yeah, but it, she don't. Got it no looks swag- impactful still. She don't got no swagger. When it's she does adding it, you know impact. I mean? Okay. Mm. Physics, because Star- physics. Starship pain. <laughs> right. <laughs> that, that's, we'll gently land on you after spinning seven hundred times. Well, I mean, maybe his elbow accidentally catches you in the heart. I like, guess or something like that. In the heart, straight to the heart. Yeah, well, like the classic wrestling finisher, the heart punch. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's why you don't. You know why you don't see it? Because it's banned. It is banned. Because it's, it's like, deadly. It's like a pile driver in yes. WWE. Or, you uh... can't be punching people in the heart. <laughs> Willy nilly. <laughs> Willy nilly. <laughs> um, Claudio wins with the Ricola bomb, which is like a straight jacket, sit out power bomb. Which I forget every time and think it looks cool every time. <laughs> like, whoa, that's cool. Oh yeah, that's he does that all the time. Uh, I like the neutralizer better, but that's kind of cool. Um. I thought it was a fine match. Like, I think it was like about what I would expect. I didn't love it. Um, what it was just kind of there for me. Like, I, I think it was like it was good enough, but it just wasn't very interesting to me. Like, well, not and like it that followed, it was bad. Followed Takeshita. Followed Takeshita right? as well, so right? It's just help. not very interesting to me. Like, the idea of the real Americans exploding, uh, <laughs> never hooked me. That's a main event pay per view spot. Pay-per-view. That that's a ti- that's a show title. And that's your right. nitpick. I, I, you know, to nitpick it, I would have saved it for the next pay per view main event. <laughs> I would have made the pay-per-view named after. I that's what I'm saying like the it's like a Ric Flair's last match. You build the pay-per-view around this. Exactly. Um I think these guys put on a solid clash. I was just kind of indifferent to it. Just kind of existed. Not much to write home about a uh, clear existed. win for Claudio like it just existed. Yeah. <laughs> I I think I feel similarly but I'm being a little nicer. Like I thought it was a good like slugfest. It got a pretty decent amount of time. Speaking of which, I listened to people review. I'm pausing my thing here review smackdown do you know how much actual in-ring wrestling was on a two-hour smackdown this past week uh 50 minutes it was like 11 minutes what it was like the first match because then they review uh reviewed rampage the first match of rampage had more in-ring wrestling than the entire smackdown show how is that possible isn't that crazy how's that how oh get ready for like the PG4 or the TV14 right where it's all stupid storylines and then 10 minutes of wrestling crazy anyways uh so Claudio I don't know he's really smooth right uh just this weird combination of power speed and technical ability and long tights uh the right person obviously won here and I'm generally not a Hager fan well you're gonna say Hager shouldn't have won (laughs) the audacity I enjoyed this match actually I would I would put it in the like slightly over delivered category for me again tough following Mox Takeshita but I thought it was a good match. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, we have a hook interview. He's asked with his undefeated records to tell Shine's future. He walks away without speaking. Standard hook stuff. I have nothing to say. I have here. okay, dot, dot, dot. So, yeah. Like, this was here because they had an extra minute on the show. Hook eight and said nothing and walked away. That's it. Yep. Cool, I guess. <laughs> yep, I agree. That's uh, our analysis of hook. Hook things worn off for me because, like, it's like. Not really doing anything with him. It's not even like he's had a recent squash that I like since before Forbidden Door. Right. No, he hasn't been. Um, we, like he hasn't. Yeah, I haven't even seen him. We've been watching some Rampage, and we haven't really come across him. No, and even if I'm not watching it, like I would see it advertised. I haven't. Right. I haven't seen anything. 
There's yep. not nothing to see. They're cooling them off a bit. Um, maybe. There's highlights of Rosa versus some Japanese girl from a Joshi promotion, which they aired on Dark as well. In Luminar match, Japanese girl actually wants she gets a towel shot. Do I know her name? No. Miu Yamashita. I apologize if I didn't get it right, but it's close. Yes. Um, Yameshita? Is it like Takeshita? It could be. Uh, it could I be. thought it, he was Takeshita. Right. Me too. Konosuke. No. Uh, Thunder Rosa interview with Thunderstorm partner Tony Storm because they're a team and I don't know why. Uh, because they wanted it's like they work backwards from the name right it's like yeah. oh that would sound cool okay stick them together but anyways. <laughs> hey thunderstorms are a thing let's go for it <gasps> yeah like... it'd be crazy not to no that was what wwe <laughs> would do for sure exactly uh and then they would just like have like a women's tag title run and they like... would be best friends and then feud within two weeks like cora jade remember i called that one too that they yeah. broke up this week told you we it were was ready. like the tag title win was to throw people off the scent and the skateboard the incident that we watched skateboard incident it was amazing amazing um rosa says it was such a banger uh the japanese thing and she's sad she didn't win and now the japanese one is coming to aw challenge for the title don't care sure uh, she says she's happy she got to team with Storm last week. Okay, because now they are ready to take on anyone. Because as we know, there is a so many tag teams. One, like what a bloated tag team they, roster. Remember when they did that tournament? Yes. So na- why quick, did they do that? Quick, name all the tag teams. Go. Uh, Nightmare Collective. Wait, no, sorry, Nightmare Sisters. Okay. <laughs> and remember that. And Alios with QT Marshall. And Anna Jay and Ty Conti. No. Were they in the... No. They uh, were remember Diamante and Ivelisse won. Correct. Remember Cameron was in the tournament? Who did she team with? Oh, I don't know. That's uh, right. She was. Ariane Andrews or something. Um, She teamed with someone. <laughs> um, I feel like Mel was in that. Remember she was in the Nightmare Collective? Um, She had the... She shaved her head. Like Serena Deeb. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> remember it was Brandy Rose, Awesome Kong, and Mel. And she was like... She was kind of tall. She shaved her head. She was really like. Don't remember. Unimportant. Busted. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I would guess. And like Diamante and Ivelisse just got. I remember them. Medals. Like. Oh, that's a. And then they disappeared because. I think Diamante's finisher was remember she did like a rolling snapper and then just like a chest kick. Like it was just like a lame thing. <laughs> like a single yes kick. Yeah. Basically. Might as well just done a sliding clothesline. It seems to be devastating because it's catching on, right? Right. More and more people. Di- sliding forearm. The Creeds and uh, Mark, Mark Coffee yeah. are using it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Baker and Hater interrupt the only other team. Okay, I guess Nyla Rose and Play uh, have been <laughs> formed a team, but right. that kind of died as soon as it began. Right. I, at least I hope it died. I wish that team would die. Like, not like them dying, but like the, the team itself team, dying. Yes. Would cease to exist. Mm, yes. Yes. Um, they say, or Baker says she tried to stay away to allow other girls' opportunities, but the division is falling apart without her. I think it falls apart, period. Yeah, but. I don't know how not a part it's ever been other than her as champion yeah i'm honestly just questioning them having a women's division like they don't seem to know how to do it i don't like just pull a new japan and not have one new japan seems to get on fine or give them a complete show i don't care give them rampage give them dark give them yeah, time. Like give them just anything. give them more time mm-hmm. hater says they're well equipped to handle thunderstorm get it because that's a thing mm-hmm um, heels hand is fine like a sandbag for some reason. Oh, because they talked about how you, that was a stupid joke. How you it. deal with a thunderstorm because if there's flooding, you've used sandbags uh, everywhere. Okay, that's uh, lame. Now you know how brilliant it is. Mm-hmm. That's such a, felt like a WWE like prop 
comedy. I was not a big fan, but uh, yeah, I don't think Thunder Rose is good on the mic. Eh? I think that's no, she's fair not. to say. I don't think. I also don't think she and Tony Storm have much chemistry together. Um, so no. that bugs me. I feel like this also makes Britt Baker feel like less of a star, and that bugs me. Right, that she's kind of the interrupt with her little group that don't feel that strong at right now right so she's the leader no. of a group that sucks kind of thing and i don't like that for her because she's awesome mind of anything like the nightmare collective kind of i'm gonna right? find uh i'm gonna find the person I'm talking about quick. so i wasn't a fan of this segment and i don't really care about like the scene surrounding it um and when the women get so little time everything just feels kind of random right and disconnected so i don't i don't know this didn't really work for me what about you uh hold on okay there it is oh yes 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 yeah now i remember yeah, you got it. Yep. Yeah. I remember now. Yeah. That's right. Mel, all right. Yes. <laughs> Brandy Rhodes. Brandy Rhodes, failure number 5,024. Right. Um, this is okay, I guess. I, I really literally don't care at all. Uh, Rosa spoke, like, not great. Uh, no. Baker and Hater are fine, but on the whole, I don't care a ton for this. Thunderstorm seem, team th- seems pointless. They're, they don't really go well together that much. Uh, they just, like, they seem... they like your quotes gel all of a sudden right are uh, there are no titles they're like there are no titles for a women's tag division nor should there be no there shouldn't be it's not me point. saying they should they there should not be that would just be an awful idea for no reason uh it doesn't make sense either how they went from facing off for the women's title and then immediately to teaming i don't have the face-to-face respect thing but still super weird don't care i do not care <laughs> he doesn't care folks like who cares i don't uh, speaking of not caring and also women, uh, that sounds bad out of context. Uh, Serena D versus Anna J. Returning. Haven't seen Anna J in a while, I feel like. A battle of the submission masters. Mm-hmm. By that, I mean they have one submission each. I mean, D has more, but they have at least one each. So the, that the Queen Slayer? Yeah. You, Anna J's favorite, devastating sleeper. Oh, so lazy. Um, so, three notables. That's. Go for it. Great sign. Uh, J Lux and the Queen Slayer, your favorite. But Deep steps through the ropes and drops down and kind of like a stunner with the ropes to break the hold. Mm-hmm. There's this cool arm stretch submission by Deeb, and um, she's kind of sitting on her head. Oh, yeah, that was cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, J misses that weird corner kick thing, that stupid thing she does. And Deeb hits a dragon screw. Uh, the finish comes in J Lux and the Queen Slayer, but Deeb eventually breaks free, submits J with the Serenity Lock. She attacks J after the match until Mercedes Martinez makes a save and throws Deeb out of the ring. Because I guess that match will happen. I think that is happening. Um, this is okay, I guess, if only just because Deeb never does like a bad job. But I don't think True. Anna J is very good. Because there's numerous points where I thought this was kind of sloppy or didn't go quite right. So I just don't think Jay's that good. Um, this wasn't the worst women's match we've had recently. True. Rena Shafir. <laughs> she is no play. That's uh, true. <laughs> play. Uh, but again, if this is the only one on the show. It makes this yes. week it makes it look worse like yeah you're giving us one week b they're consistently weak efforts like yes like i mean weak effort in a sense that the match was weak not that they're giving weak efforts because they might be trying but like yes execution is weak um post match was fine pretty minimal i assume we'll get confirmation for this for death before dishonor if they haven't confirmed already i haven't seen it so yeah i, don't I assume it's happening right yeah uh yeah it's funny because we didn't talk about this either but i felt the same way i thought this was pretty good probably due to Deeb leading the way on this one. I think, like, obviously Anna Jay has a great look, and she has some decent-looking offense, but 
she looks lost kind of in between moves sometimes to me like she's still has to think a lot you know what i mean eventually i think if you're good and you get enough experience you just kind of wrestle and you're not you look don't look like you're thinking still but she does um and i agree with a little bit of sloppiness too at times right in her matches in general Mm -hmm. but again she's really young and i think working with people like deeb's only going to help her right but again what you said in my notes too this is the only women's match we'll get on this special episode of dynamite even right like this is fighter fest night one what do we get we get deeb and anna jay for like five minutes right that's like on having a special show and offering us three minutes at Trick Williams versus Wesley. Like, I don't want to say disrespectful, but it's not that far from it, kind of. It's not like a controversial statement, right? I'd say. But anyways, uh, and the aftermath, fine, standard stuff that leads to a match that should be pretty good because I like Martinez and Deeb. So I'm oh, hoping... we are on quite the streak here. More women's stuff yeah, I that's don't care true. about. Let's go. <laughs> at least it's more women's stuff. That's a starting point. I guess. Point. Yeah. No, but they always do like... A... Like solid amount of segments, it's just none of them are that great. The payoffs are never. <laughs> um, great. Cargo says nobody's worried about Athena and Statlander. Cargo says great should be getting them water. Hathaway plays Peacemaker says they'll be watching Athena and Statlander on Rampage because he's like vouching for the great because it was his idea. Right. After Hathaway leaves, Hogan says great can try all she wants. She'll never be a baddie because she's an interim baddie. Um, this was fine, I guess. Didn't really add much to the ongoing storyline, I- so like I don't really care. Other than I guess like a little more tension, but I feel like they did like a decent enough job of establishing that last week. So this didn't, this didn't really like advance pile on to that. No, much, you're right. Right, like it doesn't really like further it. I'm fine if they're hostile to Layla Gray. I'm just hoping it doesn't like facilitate a, a split from Hathaway. Same. I could see that happening. I think in all That's likelihood it won't happen, but I can see it as at least a possibility, which I don't think should happen. Because to me, the way this group is structured is Jade is still in charge, right? Like, she's the Brock Lesnar and Hathaway is the Paul Heyman. Yes, no, exactly. So that, I don't know why she, why he's making this decision. If she doesn't want this Layla Gray there, like then she shouldn't thing. be, you know what I mean? Because she's the boss of this group to me. Anyways, I also hope the tension doesn't lead to them splitting up, because I think Hathaway and Jade could be an awesome combination. I'm not Sure, I love how they're using them together right now. Um, and Kira Hogan following Jade and Hathaway does not sound good, unfortunately, right? Like, I don't think she's terrible, but I think those two are really good, especially Stokely. Yeah. So she doesn't sound good in, in direct comparison, right? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, present company. Yes. Uh, included. Exactly. Lethal Interrupts commentary. This is basically nothing. You just said, like, the, a death before dishonor will be about him. He'll take the title. Joe's, he, he, Joe's student, will embarrass him. Short, but it was fine. Can't say added a ton. It was just like at the end of the day, it was different at least, right? Because they've been doing the same, and I mean the message is still the same, (laughs) but at least it's like not a pre-recorded. He came out. He (laughs) He, interrupted interrupted commentary commentary to say the same thing, right? So I'm at least it was a little different. Hey guys, I'm still gonna face Samoa Joe. I still want to take his title. I'm still the longest reigning TV champion. (laughs) So remember what I've been saying for the last six weeks straight. I'd like to reiterate. Yes, but in a different venue and at a different time. (laughs) Perfect. <laughs> different mic. Yeah, so same stuff, different spot, basically. Are you ready for episode 500 and women's stuff I don't care More about? More women's stuff, yep. Uh, Anna Jay gets interviewed while she's getting checked on. Conti interrupts, mocks her. She says she likes Anna, but she needs to make better career choices. She tells her to go think about it. Think, think about, about it. Think about what? Like Her career jazz? choices. Like, <laughs> I, I thought this was awkward. Um, I guess at least Conti got to speak as her heel character. I saw a thing. That she has not wrestled a match since becoming affiliated with Sammy Guevara. Mm-hmm. 
right? She has not wrestled a single a match since becoming Guevara's evil sidekick. Singles Um, match then, is it? Okay, that's fair, because there was a mixed tag with Kaz. Right, I think she's had not one singles match since. When was that? That was double or nothing, right? Uh, Sure, you would know better than I would. I think it was, because I know it was on a pay-per-view. Sure, it wasn't Forbidden Door. No. It wasn't, no, it was, it was, um... Double or nothing. If you say so. So I, I don't I don't know. I didn't think this was great, but it got women on the show again, although it was the same one who'd already been on it, but it's fine. I don't care. That's them going, see, we got women for like a match and two straight segments. How about we great. scrap all these pointless segments and give us a pointless match? Put some the same effort into some of the awesome male stories you've had and do that to like long range book a female story, please. Right. Anyways. Yeah. Other than Baker Rosa, what have they ever done? That's been long term. Sheeta Deeb. That, that was, was like that was just like match and then a match and then a match. There wasn't a lot of like story. Some package like there's that, but that was also like too long. Remember? The whole not letting her win the fiftieth match wasn't that how it I started? Think it started out really Which strong. Which was cool. The first two or three matches, but then like remember, didn't it go like I feel like it went five. to like five or six? I, matches. I think like you're it right. It dragged out. That was like I think it went five. That was excess. That one was a bit excessive. It was and and by long range booking, it was just like we're gonna have a rematch. We're gonna right. have a rematch, right? It wasn't like super In a creative. Month, we're gonna have, yeah. But, it was like that was like but like still like i know even though when i say baker rosa i mean like the first baker rosa because baker rosa this year it was like not super because clearly they're capable of some amazing storytelling right it's some of it's got to get they to are. the women's division at some point whereas yeah. ww that's what's frustrating about it wwe i don't really have any expectations for any division to be written <laughs> well but i've seen it happen here Yes. A lot, even, and it just not happening in one division. Feels like they're still um excelling everywhere except there. Like I, I feel like a lot everywhere is like they're doing good. Like I feel like the men's division's got good. I think the tag division's getting pretty hot. It um, is, but at the end of the day, if you have to be willing to give the women's division more than one short match that's interrupted by commercials and segments. two little segments, right? You got to be willing to do more than that to get anything uh, sort of. With any depth or long term, yeah. If it means say. giving them rampage and then just like the men right. get a bit more time on diamond, like sure, honestly, like giving them like and honestly, then that. it's not like I feel like even if they get more time putting on like YouTube isn't like seen as a bit of like oh they're on you like I feel like at least if you gave them rampage, yes, it's half the time, but also there's more on the men's side. Yep. So then you could like and then still on TV, it's still kind of important. Then I would beg the question why the tbs title is a women's title because tnt's right. for rampage but I mean, you could figure that one out i guess so you could swap them <laughs> like a, a guy is holding the tbs title first ever champion was jade cargill they just steal it from each other because you have to have a match to get it back and they just never have that match no they do the thing after the draft where you just have a segment where you just exchange the right. titles that's right and that's you throw you the title at the person because you're not Happy, or whatever Becky Lynch did. Right, she wasn't happy about who it's she handed over to. Charlotte. Charlotte. Right. And then the, they also did that in, I think it was 2020, with uh, Street Profits and New Day. So the, the precedent is there. It's what you do. It's that <laughs> exactly. easy. I, or I guess you could steal each other's titles and then, like, but, like, since it's intergender, then you just got to, like, represent, make it, like, convoluted. You have, like, representatives. <laughs> like, so, like, say, like, um, the the guy would steal, okay, who's TNT? Okay, so say Wardlow steals the TBS title and Cargill steals the TNT title, right? So, like, First, for the you'd have a match with the TBS title where like Cargill has a male representative against Wardlow for the stolen TBS. Oh, title. they each and have then, a proxy. Yeah, because like obviously so they, one you're, you're not match. doing intergender, right? <laughs> nice. So one women's match, one men's match, and then that somehow ends up with Cargill would be Wardlow's representative, 
and it'd be a beat the clock challenge <laughs> beat the clock challenge right and which then, i actually like i like and those. then um obviously someone would get shaved bald and wear a do-rag <laughs> what what is that a reference to um battle of the billionaires oh right with vince. <laughs> right yeah ecw champion vince because it was lashley and uh umaga right umanga you manga. You manga. You manga. Honestly, I don't know how you manga didn't win that. And I then Donald Trump cool, would have been bald. Right. Never. Um. Anyways, that was off topic. We have, we have, we have hit some uh, <laughs> digressions today. <laughs> um. I guess because Conti turned heel, that automatically caused an off-screen fracture of their friendship. I'm, just, I'm not saying that doesn't make, that wouldn't make sense, but we had no idea of that. I guess. Right. I mean, like you could assume, but like I'd rather not just assume. If that makes sense. Yes. Um, even just like a minor vignette or something. Anyways, this is fine. Well, I want neither. I would prefer <laughs> a feud opposed to Jay and Jazz because I don't see Jay fitting in Jazz. If that Me makes either. sense. So if I have to pick the lesser of two evils, I'll say a feud. Okay. Yeah. I don't disagree. Mm-hmm. Uh, next we get to our main event. Yay! In my notes, it's the man event. <laughs> Which I guess is technically true. <laughs> that is technically true. I think you can say that for most times because I don't remember last time women main evented. I feel like maybe it was Sheeta and Deeb. I, know I don't even think they did. Baker and uh, Baker and Rosa. Baker and Rosa for sure. Yeah, it was. Um, it is Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs, Team Taz, if that's still what they're called. Are they? I don't know. I don't know either. Um, they were not referred to that here. No, they were not. Referred to as that. Um, then we also have Keith Lee versus... Or Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland, uh, also nameless. Right. Uh, versus Young Bucks, who are the champs for the AW Tag Titles three-way, which they call Triple or Nothing. So they did call it that. So clever. Cool. That's cool. Yep. Um, there's a really fun sick, uh, back and forth sequence with Nick and Swerve. Like they're just kind of like going back and forth. Yeah, that was very like, cool. Just like a, uh, I don't know, like trying to like one up each other. I guess we kind of need a singles match. Is what that showed me between those two somehow just on a random dynamite in the middle somewhere it doesn't have to be built to anything yeah just, just like let me see them fight. fought off the winds where right. faces nick jackson right boom uh matt spoiler does... oh, oh the... it could be a win for either of them <laughs> true true <laughs> uh i mean the way i phrased it kind of like turn uh nothing <laughs> <laughs> we'll fix it in post <laughs> yeah. no no we won't no We'll leave uh, that right in there. Matt does the constant uh, Northern Light suplexes thing to Starks and then hits a double one to Starks and Swerve. Isn't Twerks. it the Locomotion Northern Lights or something? Sure. <laughs> I think so. Oh, a you know Swiss whatever, <laughs> Swiss one I know nine, they said but... that, but like, <laughs> I, I don't know. So That's, it's something even funny. You think you know wrestling. Locomotion? Okay. Like, it means he's moving. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay. Very funny. Keep going. I love it. <laughs> uh, there's the corner double chop to uh, Matt Jackson by Keith Lee when Swerve was holding him open. Then the diving uppercut from the middle rope to the back. Hot take flurry on the Bucks and Starks by Keith Lee. Lee goes for a superplex to Hobbs, gets knocked off, and Hobbs hits a bullfrog splash Ugh. for two. JR is... I, it just, I know I don't listen to commentary much, but when I hear him, I just get annoyed most of the time, right? <laughs> he doesn't add anything for me other than frustrate me mostly. <laughs> I'm going to start writing down specifics at some point because I'm just like you. I'll you're say gonna, in the you, middle of the show, I'll just be like, JR, you're not helping anything. Like, you need to start keeping track of JRisms. And these stupid referees and Orange Cassidy and his comedy stuff and just like, uh, I don't know. Or weird calls. Like, you just need to start 
keeping track of weird things JR says. The bullfrog splash. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. That's what I call it if Mantar did a frog splash. Mantar. Legend. Moo. <laughs> or El Torita. Yep. Or, no, that'd be a, oh, I was going to say tadpole splash, but that was That's horrible. already taken. <laughs> Damn. Uh, Hobbs has Nick in an electric chair and the Starks like a super cutter for near fall, which is pretty cool. Looked cool, yeah. Um, super kick party. Um, they <laughs> have to super kick Lee a lot. Takes actually a triple super kick with Starks. Yes. Uh, to take down Lee and Starks takes a double super kick after. Uh, with the ref down after some hesitation from Sword, looked like he was going to hit Lee, which I was like, what? Yeah, they're because they've been teasing. They have, but like, can also, they coexist? Right, but Brand also, they've been doing fine this yes. whole match. Like, right. it's not like I was really confused, I'll be honest. Um, Matt hits everyone with the AEW tag title. Um, and then, uh, Swerve, uh, uh, he gets hit with it for a near fall. And then there's a BT trigger, uh, to Swerve, but Starks makes the pin for another near fall. Uh, Lee catches Nick out of the Meltzer driver. And he and Swerve take him out with that like fireman's carry double strike thing that they do. That was really cool. And then it they hit good. Matt with that spirit bomb Swerve stomp thing for a near fall, which I thought that was going to be I it. thought it was over there. That was an awesome near fall because I yep. thought that was holy. Me too. Taz broke it up. Hobbs spinebusters everyone onto each other. Looked cool. Uh, that was awesome. Yeah, that was when he was kind of on fire. Stark stands a pretty sweet spear on Swerve. Uh, Nick breaks the pin on that. That was Awesome nice. looking spear. Uh, Swerve moonsaults off of Keith Lee to take out the Bucks and Hobbs. Lee hits a pounce to Starks, and then a nice Topic on Halo to, to outside to take out the rest. And then Swerve goes back and then hits Starks at the Swerve Stomp, and he actually picks up the win, which surprised me. Me too. I was very surprised that the Bucks were basically a transitional champion here, right? But I guess they get to be the first ever two-time champion, so that's yes. with the feather in their cap. But yeah, uh, super entertaining main event. I thought this was pretty awesome. The last... I don't know how many minutes, but several minutes for this was I was like, man, I am glad I'm not the one taking notes, right? Because it got crazy at the end. Again, you have to suspend your disbelief in the referee kind of keeping control because it's not right. going to happen. And I'm fine with that. Like this was several believable near, near falls, right? Um, crowd super hot and into this. Everybody got a chance to look good. Like there were times where I thought Hobbs looked awesome, Starks. The spot where Nick and, I don't know if you mentioned it in your recap, where Nick and Starks walk the ropes and sort of that was funny. trash talk like, each other like, and slap each doing? other. And then, um, oh, and then they both got crotch. What was it right. called? They said something weird. Ah, uh, damn it. I can't remember. It I was something remember. stupid. Oh, but I, I don't know. I thought everyone looked awesome here. This Six of these guys put on one hell of a main event. I thought, um, yeah, and a meaningful title change on TV, which isn't nothing, right? Like, that is something. Yes. So, um, and a crowd-pleasing win, I'd say. Of course, the Bucks can go the route of they weren't involved in the finish, correct? So If Matt's okay. Right, and yeah, apparently he worked with a stinger in this match, so uh, I didn't notice, really. Thank so. God there was no stinger in this match. <laughs> but, yeah, but yeah, excellent main event. Really enjoyed it. I think you did, too. Yeah, I really enjoyed this. It was great. Uh, definitely had the main event feel again, which I feel like I did. Like it was, it reminded me of like that ladder match we had a, like a month ago or something. Um, like that had a a big fight feel to it. Like this, um, felt like a main event. Like maybe this one didn't like feel like a huge main event going into it, but I feel like like as the match was going, it felt like main event. Yes. There was just action all over the place. Never really felt like there was a big lull in the action. No, like it felt like you're right. Maybe some people were taking a rest on the outside, but there was always something going on. Oh, right? it was nonstop. I yeah. thought they kept a good pace. There's some six spots too. Some really cool sequences. I like even like early on, like the Nick and Swerve, like love that little uh, one upsmanship. Like that was cool. Or when Lee and Swerve nearly pinned the box with that a sequence of offense. I thought that was really cool. Um, I guess a lot. I think everyone comes out of it looking pretty good. Maybe slightly mm-hmm. less the Bucks, but I don't think they need it as much. Um, but even so, I'd say like everyone looked great here. Elevated team Taz for me, and especially Swerve and Lee, who I'm happy um that they won. 
um, I think that's great for them. I hope they get a solid running because they could put on some bangers. I think that actually has a lot of potential. Me too. Um, I really like them both, so I'm I'm super happy about that. Um, it was surprising result as I was sure it was attention for the Bucks and we built the FA rematch. Um, I would I kind of wish that had happened, but I'm I'm pretty happy with this too. I think that that's really good for them. Me too. Um, and apparently the AWs they want to like in the absence of a couple teams like Prime Powerful and Hardys. Yeah, Hardys for some reason. <laughs> yeah, they want to have like a big five team, so it would be like these three plus, uh, Lucha Bros, FTR. So that's not a bad bunch to have. Yeah, their tag team division and you is got good. Some lower card ones too. Um, so yeah, a great main event. Another one of my favorite TV matches AEW's had this year. Like I feel like I said before, AEW's had a lot of TV matches that have been awesome this year. Maybe we need like a TV match category. Or considering I don't think there's anywhere else like NXT. Psh. I added uh, it to the year-end awards. Match a year, like, that would be cool. Um, but anyways, this was great. I really liked it. Me too. Uh, overall, really entertaining episode. Some really good in-ring work. Feeling like less of a build to an ROH show that some episodes have felt like, right? Like, a lot of time focusing on that. So in a two-hour show, I really enjoyed three matches. I really liked Wardlow Cassidy. Uh, and then I'm torn between what I like better between Mox, Takeshita, and the main event, which were both, I thought, excellent. Even, like, Hager-Claudio was pretty good, like, Hoss fight, right? So, um, four good matches. The women's match I wasn't a huge fan of. And then a squash for Luchasaurus that made total sense. So, in-ring, super high marks. Uh, segments, nothing were really standouts. Even Christian was a little less entertaining this week than he has been. But there, I didn't think there's anything terrible either. Uh, just overall, I think, like, I talked about it last week, right? We were missing star power, especially in the ring. And this ye- this week, we got star power. We got the Bucks. We got Mox in matches, right? So um, I gave this show an A- minus for me. Really good show that I would recommend. Uh, I would go out of my way to say, go watch Mox Takeshita and the main event, right? So it's Agreed. nice to be able to say that about a show. So I thought an yeah. excellent show this week. Yeah, I would say um, definitely check out uh, Mox Takeshita and mm-hmm. Hangman Takeshita if you haven't seen that. Mm-hmm. I mean... Definitely check out the main event. I would, I think I maybe even like that more than the Takeshita match, which I was surprised by because I, I really enjoyed Takeshita. And I'd say you wouldn't even waste your time if you check out the opener. I'm not like saying you need to check that out, but I, I, that's not a waste of your time if you wanted to see that as well. Agree. Um, so the opener was pretty solid. Uh, Jericho promo was okay. Uh, Kingston promo was pretty good. I love Mox Takeshita. That was fantastic. Elsa Black promo was okay. Christian Cage was solid. Luchasaur squash, cool. Jazz. <laughs> uh hangman uh dark order solid casagnola hager still continues to exist um hook hook uh women's interviewed the thunder thunderstorm no thanks uh db and j no thanks uh baddies interviewed no thanks and j again no thanks main event was awesome so i think a lot of like that women's stuff kind of in the middle which I didn't. I don't think that was great, but two matches I absolutely loved. Right. Um. I think elevated a lot and a solid opener. I'm not sure where to put this. I don't think it's quite at an A level, so I'd say like a high B plus. That's fair. Like I. I don't. Know, I really like those two matches though. Like I would go back and rewatch those at some point because I. Th- those are really good, and I'm super happy that Swerve and Keith Lee get yeah. because like that was the thing when when they first came in like they weren't doing a whole lot like it seemed like. They were just kind of like right. lower card, so it's, it's really cool out there. And I think they're, they're kind of doing Keith Lee more athleticism now instead of just a power guy. Yeah, so I think they're starting to turn that around, which is really awesome. Just a meaningful result in the main event too, right? It wasn't the champions retaining. It's a new champion in an awesome main event, so that bumps it up a bit for me too, right? 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, overall, an excellent show. We will now take a break from uh, recapping a show and look at some wrestling trivia in a segment we call Off the Top of His Head. All right, I sort of made the trivia again this week from various sources, borrowed a couple, made a couple, just from looking at things. Again, don't know if I've asked any of these questions before, but 104 episodes in, if there's a few duplicates, you're just going to have to deal with it. <laughs> um, the first question... We should I, make a website called Cadaddle 2. <laughs> the first, we should, because it doesn't have to be accurate. It's just got to exactly. be sort of okay. Uh, first question I know I haven't asked before because it's a weird one. Who is the first black wrestler to become New Japan IWGP heavyweight champion? Uh, I don't know if you know this name or not. He's I a legend in Japan. I didn't even know there was any. I don't know. In, I have no he idea. won in 2004. I have no helped. clue. Bob Sapp. Have you heard of him? Nope. He was a big actual Sean fighter, Ross I think. Bob Sapp. Uh, on the similar topic, who's the only African-American wrestler to attempt to end Undertaker's WrestleMania streak? Mark Henry. Correct. That was easy, eh? Yeah, I just knew that he did it, so I was like, if, he, if there's only one, it's him. Which weekly show, before its first episode aired, was originally scheduled to be an all-women's wrestling show? It is WWE we're talking here. What? One of their weekly shows, before it aired, was initially planned to be an all-women's show. Smackdown? Correct. I had never heard that before. I'm assuming that where I got that is true, but I don't remember where I got it from. I don't know. So which woman, I did not know this either, you'll probably get this one, has wins against the following superstars? Stone Cold, Steve Austin, Triple H, Kurt Angle, Edge, Christian, Shane McMahon, Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, and John Cena. Uh... Which woman has wins against each of those people? Against John Cena. I don't know if it's in tag matches or whatever. I but... have no idea. Um... So think of a woman that worked that whole era. And may have participated against the gentleman, I guess. Again, maybe this question's wrong. Stratus. Close. Lita. Correct. Hmm. I would like to fact check that one at some point. but I would like to unconfuse myself. Um, I like this one. In 2016, according to the source I had, this mid-card at best performer from NXT technically had a higher win rate than Brock Lesnar. <laughs> so think of someone who came up from NXT who wasn't very good, but technically had a better win rate than Brock Lesnar. He is no longer there. He was briefly in Impact Wrestling. EC3? Nope. He's one of the dancing guys. Adam Rose? Nope. Dango. Nope. Similar idea. Oh my god, Noe Jose. Correct. What? Very good. What? Again, fact check that Wait, one. Wait, like a better win record? Winning percentage. How? He, Probably because oh, Lesnar barely wrestled and lost. I would he guess. also won a bunch. Yeah, I don't know. Well, maybe Noe what? Jose won a bunch too. Or maybe no, those. He was are, like a jobber. Maybe it's wrong. What? Fact check it later. We'll come what? back to it. Uh, so, who is this person? In wrestler, Wrestling Observer history, he has won. Best technical wrestler. Brian Danielson. Yeah. This is just listen. Yes, but listen to these credentials. <laughs> Best technical wrestler, 2005 to 2013. Jesus. Match of the year, 2007. Uh, most outstanding wrestler, 2006 to 2010. Jesus. He's awesome. And I'm just sort of late to the party. I think he's awesome now, right? That's insane. Right? Yeah. Um, 
Who holds the record for most consecutive WrestleMania appearances? It's a good one. Undertaker? Nope. 12 is the number. Kane? Nope. According to my sources. Wait, consecutive appearances? Yes. 12 is the most? Yeah. Undertaker's appeared more than 12 in a row, though. Consecutive? Yeah, because the streak. I'm confused. He didn't miss any years? No, not since he... Okay, then other than him, we'll say, because maybe this oh, wait, was Oh, he might old. have missed one year. I don't know. I have no idea. Canadian. Bret Hart. Correct. So who was one WrestleMania away from tying that record in 2007 before suffering an injury? Triple H. Correct. I was going to give you a hint and say he tore his quads. Yeah, I knew he was injured because um, he faced Cena in 2006 at Mania 22, and they were going to do a rematch of that, but then he got injured, so right. it was changed to Michaels. Right. Which uh, I think makes that better. What hobby do you... Jack of FNS Wrestling and Finn Balor have in common? Being a lazy sack who does nothing? No. Uh, that is definitely not his hobby. Uh, You're a collector YouTube. of things. Oh, Lego, right? Correct. Yeah, Lego. Oh, a Lego guy. And now he's got super long tights. I implore anyone curious about that to not look at it. What type of weaponry does Damien Priest collect in Swords. real life? How do you know that? I was just that just made sense. He does samurai swords. That just I thought sense. I was almost moved that to the end because I figured there's no way you're gonna that know just that. Seems one. like the most logical answer. <laughs> Prior this one I should have put last. Prior to either of them working for WWE, which current female superstar worked as a manager for both Paige and her mother? So a current female superstar was managed Paige and her mother. So now think of... It has to be like older-ish? No, not, no, you would think so, but no. How? But think of part of the world Paige would have been in. Might help you narrow R- it wrestling. down. Wrestling. Pardon? She was in wrestling because her mom was a wrestler, yeah. I know, but like in what part of the world? Oh. Because the other superstar... Becky Lynch, I guess? Correct. Yeah, See? that's so weird. Yeah. Um... Which superstar did a young Charlotte Flair take to school for show and tell? <laughs> okay, I gotta think like Ric Flair, right? Or wait, no. Think of her when Flair was in WWE, right? I guess. Like 90s? And when she was young. So what's that, early 90s? 92, he Tessa won Blanchard? the Rumble. Because no. I was no, just what... thinking Tully Blanchard. No. no, like what superstar did she take to school for show and tell? Oh, okay, so like current, okay, I thought I was yeah. a young superstar. So no, I was like... so when she's a kid, she took a superstar with her. Yokozuna? No. I'm just trying to think something funny. No. Nope. Um, Definitely one of the biggest names at that time. Bret Hart? No. Nope. One of my favorites. Michaels? No. Nope. Hogan? No. Nope. One of my favorites, and you said Hogan? <laughs> You're almost out of the family for that one. Get out of the studio. Ultimate Warrior? <laughs> no. Again, one of my favorites. No, I'm, I'm now just you're just trolling me. Um, Mr. Perfect? One of my all-time faves. No. I have socks Coco with this Beware. man on it. No. Oh, Savage. Yes, Macho Man. No, don't you have like, it's like the Garbage Pail Kids one. What's it called? Um, Savage Randy or Savage something? Savage Randy. Garbage yeah. Pail Kids socks, yes. Name three third generation WWE superstars. Orton. Correct. Ted DiBiase Jr. Cody Rhodes. Does that count? Because, I mean, I know Ted DiBiase Jr. is not current, but Rock. No. Yes, Rock, Randy Orton. Charlotte. No. Wait, no, not Charlotte. Sorry, hold on. Um... One other one who's no longer with the company, uh, and he was in Lucha Underground briefly, and he shares a, his last name with a more famous WWE star, who is beloved and referred to many times in matches. 
he was part of a tag team with his more famous uncle. Uh, really? Uh, I'm going to regret not getting this. Uh, From Lucha Underground? No Mask? Del Rio? No. Chavo. Uh, You're, you think Chavo. you know stuff. Jerry Lawler is cousins with which longtime Intercontinental Champion? Honky Tonk Man. Correct. Did you know that or just from the question? No, I didn't know that. What, I just got from the question. Who are the only three Triple Crown Champions in both WWE and WCW? That's a good question. So I'm assuming Triple Crown is... Tag, Intercontinental, right. World. And title. in the other one, it's US? I, I guess world that would make tags, sense. I think. I would, that would make sense. Because Cruiserweight... Bret Hart? Yes. That okay. is one. Uh, Two Canadians on this list, actually. And what? Correct. He who shall not be named. Right. And then one uh, American. A real American? No. Well, yes, but no. He's still with WWE, but is no longer competitive in-ring. He does talking head stuff now. Booker T. Correct. Very good. Which WrestleMania... He's to Adam Cole. Which WrestleMania is the only one to not feature a WWF or E championship match. What? So Even WrestleMania, what? Which WrestleMania didn't have a match for the main title, basically? Oh, WrestleMania 1. Correct. Duh. <laughs> Who I were... thought you meant, like, no title matches at all. I no. was like, what? Who... This one I liked a lot, and you'll get it, I think. Who were the first, sorry, the two men that cap competed in the first Mania main event to feature both competitors using their real names? So main event of Mania, both guys. Was it Lesnar and Angle? Correct. I feel like we've done that before. Or I just knew that, but I know and they what, used their real names. what Mania was that? 19. Correct. 2003. XIX, as they say. <laughs> Which title or titles? The, the funny one is when they do like, um, they because they used to do the Roman numerals all the time, right? When they half-ass it, like a X7 or X, yes. like the number yes. eight. Because like... people won't, our fans are stupid. They won't know <laughs> what this means. They, they do think their fans are stupid because WrestleMania 25 is the 25th uh, anniversary, Vince right? Vince 100% thinks his fan base is stupid. Yeah, because 26 is the 25th anniversary. Like, um, <laughs> one year is your first... <laughs> wait, no. Like, your first... When you, like, when you get married, that's already your first anniversary, right? Like, right exactly. same, same logic. Which title or titles have changed hands more than any other in WWE? Hardcore Other title? than 24-7. <laughs> like, that doesn't count. Intercontinental title? No. Because they hop that Not tag according titles. to the, Right. Uh, last question, so you know I like to make it challenging. Which WWE WCW performer was the stunt double for David Arquette in Ready to Rumble? I have to think of who it looks like. David. I don't know. That's <laughs> not fair. <laughs> why would I know that? You wouldn't. That's why I put it last. It's AJ Styles count. So think of the WCW. no. Think of the era and just the size. So like a smallish guy with brown hair. I'll give you that. Who can do stunts? I don't know. He was in WWE as a superhero. Oh, Helms? Yes. Gregory or Shane Helms or Hurricane or whatever you want to say. Mm. I find it weird when people call him Hurricane Helms. So that one was kind of all over the place, but there were some interesting (laughs) questions in there. Uh, So good job. So let's get back to talking about wrestling, which we were hoping for a better episode of NXT UK. All 
All right, so NXT UK this week. Uh, what's going on? Let me find my notes. We have commentary quickly discuss the main event tonight, which will be Mark Coffey taking on Noam Dar for and the Heritage now the, Cup. The um, hot question: How thorough was it? It was not that <laughs> thorough, actually. I didn't even mention it. Really? No, they have. They haven't done that in a while. It's just fun to say now. It, it was a few weeks of deadly long <laughs> recaps. Uh, but we head straight from there into the opening match, which is Oliver Carter taking on Teo Man. Teo Man. I don't know. I say it different. I find I'd, all the time. Teo Man. I would think Teo it's Teo Man. Man, but I don't even know if I consistently say that. And he has Rohan Raja and Charlie Dempsey with him, obviously. So this has been the story of D Familia. Is they've been recruiting Oliver Carter since his tag partner Ashton Smith got injured, and they had to give up the tag team championship. So they've been trying to get Carter to join their little faction. So this match starts out and they trade arm work and we get a stiff up kick from Carter sort of in between their two arm work sessions early on. Uh, Carter has control before a brief distraction by Dempsey on the apron allows Teo Man to hit, uh, to hit something. I didn't even write what it was to shift the momentum. A kind of a cool neck breaker onto the knee by Teo Man. Stiff forearms to the midsection front and back of Carter. Springboard moonsault. Stiff clotheslines by Carter a bit later, followed by an axe kick for a two count. We get a sliding forearm to the side of Carter's head that actually looked pretty good. Uh, for two, we get the evil eye countered into a, I called it a Pele kick. I don't know if that's exactly right, but some sort of flipping kick so. that looked cool. Carter then has to punt Dempsey off the apron as he's trying to get involved again. He hits Teo Man with a missile drop kick and a spinning heel kick in the corner for the win. I was a little surprised that he got the win and the manner in which he got that. it. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yes, that's, I would agree. So D Familia attack Carter after the match. Because they are not very nice boys. And it culminates with Tio Man hitting that really cool flipping DDT. That like I, It's like a front flip inverted DDT. Yeah, it's cool looking. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually thought this was a pretty good opener by NXT UK standards. I mean, the simple fact that it was more than an enhancement match, right? Which seems yeah, like... Yeah, yeah. I actually kind of liked it. Like, I mean, not like amazing and obviously no. also we were just watching Dynamite, but like, I liked it. Like, I think Me too. you have to judge it by their standards. And I, I, I liked it. Like, I was paying attention more than usual um <laughs> you were we'll, we'll say that i and noticed like, that yeah and like just like not having enhanced match makes it more yes, appealing to me two established guys with a bit of a story as simple yeah, as it and might like, be i would also put this like above like the whole kenny williams situation like that yes. technically was also it fits this billing but i was i wasn't like super invested in that no me either uh, so yeah i'm it there was a story here and carter came across as a resilient baby face right and d familia continue to struggle which i don't love right but i still think they're one of the more interesting heels on this brand and not that there's a lot of people on this brand we sort of talk about but yeah i thought this was a pretty good opener i was happy at this point yeah it's pretty good um and that move is cool i hope dempsey's next or actually no dempsey should be the final boss you think so I, that's why i was surprised because raja stepped up like he wanted to take the first match and then teo man stepped in so also i don't took know a loss if he's going to work through all three of them or what's going on. I guess, but... Well, because we'll Dempsey's the coolest boy of them all. I guess so. Uh, Mark Coffey's shadow boxing or something warming up backstage ahead of the event. I don't even know if that's event. what he was doing. He was doing something. He uh, was doing something. Uh, we get a whole bunch of earlier this week and last week. Did you notice that? Like, nothing is happening. I don't know if Nothing's it matters. happening in current time. I just thought it was interesting to note, right? Like, I guess it doesn't really matter. For it's just some of it, I strange. guess it makes more sense. But It the, does. Like, it, like um, the Saray thing. And it also gives you a week in theory, right, to compile footage instead of implying that all of this is happening in the 45 minutes that I guess they show. So, yeah. um, so anyways, That's early fair. 
Earlier this week, Sam Gradwell, not Bradwell, as my notes say, <laughs> Sam Gradwell talks about Trent Seven my favorite thing. being the dirt worst. Um, Seven basically immediately attacks him and then is quickly escorted out of the training facility. So just further fuel on that fire, as they say, nothing really special, I don't think. Mm-mm. Also earlier this week, Fallon Henley, who I didn't even know who it was. I had to ask you who it was. Yeah, I was like, what? You watched 2.0 for like months. I struggle. I was was so confused. (laughs) Like, what? I thought maybe they brought someone else over. I don't know. So she's talking about (laughs) her time in NXT UK when Isla Dawn sort of creepily approaches, looks Henley up and down and sort of touches her hair. Henley says uh, that this creepy stuff won't work on her, and eventually Isla Dawn leaves. Because she's a hillbilly. So this is what I've started noticing, right? So like the previous segment with Gradwell, this, and I think unfortunately, maybe they have no choice, but this is the level of storytelling on this brand a lot, right? They quickly set up a match yeah. for like next week through some simple interaction like this. Yeah, like, oh, you it's, tried not to... in, like, it's not that great. Like, it's very like, I was like shallow is the right word, but like, it's like. I don't think it's the wrong word. It's not, no, There's it's not. not depth there. But yeah, it, it, it's, it's lacking in depth. There's just like not a lot to, it's very surface level, I guess. And I guess because. Like maybe that's better. I think that's right. And because I guess you have less than an hour once a week, right? So yeah. there's hard to get to. Then I feel like anything. maybe you just like cram less stuff in there. Like... But then at some point when we started watching this, we were loving some of the stuff. Yeah, I don't know. There's just been like a bit of a disconnect for some reason, I guess. I like, agree. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's odd. Uh, so then we get a last week segment. Josh Morell coming off of his win against Primate was approached by Dave Mastiff, who does congratulate him for that win. And then Mastiff basically challenges Morell, says nothing personal, but challenges Morell to a match next week. And Morell accepts, saying that he'll bring everything he has. So I just made a note that this is the third segment in a row that tells yet another like really short-term quick build story, right? I don't even know if this is a story. But this is what they do, right? Guy just challenges guy, and then they fight next week. But again, they don't have a lot of room to maneuver, so I sound like I'm being critical. I would honestly rather this being like an interview saying like, hey, management told you you're facing this guy next week. This made it feel like 2.0 where it's like, I'm facing you next week. I'm making this match. Oh, yeah, let's not start that. At least I feel like here they could have like an interview ask like, tell them the match and be like, what are your thoughts on this? And then Morel could talk like that in that way. I feel like that would at least Now that you've pointed that out to me, you watch, I'm going to start noticing it in UK now that I hadn't noticed anyone making their own match. You can't even say they don't have management because they do. They do. They even have an assistant. To the general manager. (laughs) (laughs) To the. (laughs) To the. Um, So I don't know. Despite this being that third segment in a row, I do kind of like Morel. I don't think he sounded very good here, but I just hope his run continues because there's not a ton of interest happening on this brand for me. And I kind of think this guy's interesting and has potential. So I'm okay with them focusing on him a little bit. Do you think he's going to beat Mastiff though? Uh, That's possible. I I think it is too, right? It's, it feels like you kind of have to, or what are you doing? You're pushing this guy to win one match against Primate and then just like abandoning it. Or maybe like this is like, he has maybe because he has still some work to do, so maybe he'll like. Maybe he's not like equipped to face like a big guy like him yet. Jack Stars cheats, Mastiff too. wins, and then he beats Stars instead the next week. Maybe or like <laughs> I don't know. I could see it because like Mastiff's a big guy, so maybe he like sure Morel's like not at that level yet. So I could see them swinging that and like Morel like maybe like I know you could do like a training storyline or something. Yeah, like he's a and young at least boy. like then that's something for him to do if if you want to build him. Then like he's like maybe like kind of working himself to like I don't know level up not this like was too up, big like, of a test he needs yeah, to like right he needs yeah. to like go back to square one of sorts and then like kind of work on it from there right maybe uh, something like that also earlier this week wolfgang is sort of kicking a soccer ball around i guess and is asked about as the... wolves do 
asked about the comments Dra- Dragunov made about him last week, which were generally respectful considering. Yeah, so it's, it's almost like that, that's something you'd say, like, if someone's like talking trash which about he wasn't. you, it's like <laughs> he's putting him over. <laughs> yeah. So right. Wolfgang, he is happy that Dragunov respects him, but he says Dragunov needs to be careful and remember how bad that Wolfgang can be in the ring. I guess not that kind of bad, like good bad. Hey, man, I'm really terrible. So. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you forget Just it. Just need to remind you. So he ends by saying someone needs to take the title. So why not Wolfie? Well, I mean, I could offer a few reasons, I guess. But <laughs> Sorry, is Ice-T going to come out your nose? No, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> why not you? Well, because you're not. I mean, he's. He, I shouldn't be mean. He's decent. But... <laughs> Like I could, I could give him one reason. There's a better guy in his own faction to take the title. Like, so I'd I, rather Joe Coffee. I thought Wolfgang picked up his intensity at the last part of this, which was good. But I mean, there's no way he's winning, right? You I should can't. not be asking such an open-ended <laughs> question here, Wolfgang. Do you really want to hear the answer to that, Wolfie? <laughs> so I don't know. I thought this was okay, and they're again, they're just like quickly stapled an opponent yeah. to Dragonov, and this is what we get, right? So, what are your thoughts on the champion saying nice things about you? I'm going to kick his ass. I'm bad in the ring, <laughs> but somebody's got to beat you. Is what he, is basically what he said. I'm not super good, but... <laughs> I'm not super good, but no one else is going right. to do it, so why not me? Neither's anyone else, really, so... <laughs> I, that's, I guess that's a, a fair point that he could make. Uh, our mid-card women's match of the week, we get Stevie Turner, which is blonde mid-carder number seven. I don't know with, which one she is, but... Uh, She's taken on them all here. So again, this was really quickly set up last week, right after a brief interaction. <laughs> this is now the thing I know. Remember, what was I obsessed with match lengths for a while? Yes. Now it's this. It's like whole, when like, you tell me someone's got like a cauliflower ear when Kyle Wright had the weird and elbow. You can't not look. Yeah, remember Kyle Wright had like yes. the weird elbow on his elbow left nuggets. Hand. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I'll never be able to not notice that. So this was set up last week, and Blair Davenport joins us for commentary, and it kind of kills this match a little bit because we cut away from the match it's like an interview during the match right and we cut to close-ups of davenport speaking as the match is happening also her face looks weird that happened twice and then they split screen her so i don't understand like this match already isn't that engaging and you're gonna just cut away to an interview in mid-match right so anyways we get a neck breaker by amal a pump kick by turner a neck breaker by turner which i thought like is this the diversity of your offense? Like, also, she just hit a neck breaker 90 seconds ago. Do anything else. <laughs> but anyways. Uh, also, like, I mean, you know how, like, the beginning of her Tron, it's like the something, it's like the text on the screen, it's like something, something, Stevie Turner. It's like, it reminds me of the Matt Hardy V1. Right. Like, I liked Matt Hardy V1. for the. I don't understand what Stevie Turner's gimmick is. I don't either. And it's like, there's something there. She but looks different than what the rest is it? a little bit. But yeah, yeah, there's something there, but what is it? I, I don't know. I don't know either. Um, corner clothesline, bulldog by Amal, high knee running kick to Turner seated in the corner, picks her up, hope breaker, and Amal wins as expected. It felt to me like this was more about the build to Davenport Amal than the match itself. We'll give it away the the interview on commentary. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That got almost as much time. Um, I found that aspect of this annoying. I think Amal is decent. I say it all the time. She's She's just not that. She at least shows some fire and personality. She does, but like, there's something missing. Agreed. She's nowhere near like credible to be taken on Mako. Why not a mall? <laughs> but who... <laughs> listen, she's just fine. Somebody's got to beat you. Why not her? 
I, uh, I guess. And then Stevie Turner's one also, of the... Also, the Hope Breaker's like, do something else. Stevie Turner's just kind of one of the interchangeable mid-card yeah. women at this she's point. She's at, to her credit, she's got something to her. I just she don't does. know what it is. So I thought, I said this was okay. It's about yeah. the best thing And I, I know you've mentioned it before, at least like, I don't know, Hope Breaker, it's just not like, it's a fine move, but that's like... Yeah, I would not rather a good she enough had finish, something Especially because I feel like it just kind of came out of nowhere here. Like, it was the face wash boot in the corner, and then the Hope Breaker, which is just like... It's like a crappier version of a spine buster. Right. It's like a sometimes a low impact looking spine buster. Yeah. Hobbs like better. Yes, for sure. Uh, Noam Dar heads to the ring alone as Shaw is backstage hoping and praying. Why not Marky? That his bets on Dar pay off. Remember, he's been giving people 100 to 1 odds on Mark Coffee. So even though like the odds. There's part should, of this that bugs me, but. The odds should get better. Like they they even pointed well, that out. Where like, did this hundred to one come from? I guess the story is he's just overconfident on his buddy, right? To be fair, Dars Dars had a longer title run than I actually thought. But if you're they told him if you're they told heels and you gave a hundred to one odds, should he not be coming to ringside to like get involved and make I sure? Guess. Well, he was barred from ringside. Oh, was he? I thought it was just his choice. Mm-hmm. All right. So then we get a little segment here between Saray and Mako backstage, and what's her face? Amelia McKenzie is there as well. So Saray is speaking Japanese for this. We get subtitles, which I like that instead of forcing them to speak what limited English they have. Just we always say it right. Let them speak in their native language right. and trust Agreed. us to be able to read. Agreed. Right. That so much more comes through. So anyway, she was honored to tag with Mako, but now she wants her next match to be against Mako one on one and even says please at the end. And Mako, of course, being the fighting champion that she is, agrees to this as Amelia's kind of like looking on in disappointment, I guess. And why not Millie? Why not Millie? That's going to be the new thing. So ask why not this person. Mako and uh, Saray leave, and Nina Samuels pops up with a microphone and her, like, Nina Samuels Yeah, when you paused, I saw her poking around the corner. I was like, oh, Nina Samuels. So there's our setup for that match, probably, right? Like, Samuels suplex Millie. We're going to get that, I guess. Um, So I guess this segment furthered two stories at once, right? Um, But it's the same type of high-speed booking that this brand uses, right? Like, oh... She asked for a match. There, you, Oh, hey, there you go. Another mm-hmm. example of just making your own match. Dang yep. it. Yeah. Although at least that's the champion going, yes. That makes a little more sense to me, right? But still. Um, for the purposes of pointing it out. I think Saray Mako will probably be a pretty good match. I still don't think Mako's going to lose. I really don't know who the heck's going to take the belt from her. But anyways. And then we'll get Mackenzie and Samuels, which will be for you a five-star shortlist on your tv match of the year i would assume because nina I, samuels I, is it'll be the sole reason for special. me changing it from just dynamite to any tv match <laughs> just to include nina samuels <laughs> yeah and suplex millie right uh then earlier today andrews mark andrews and primate are asked about briggs and jensen they say they will be the first team waiting for a title shot when these guys bring the titles back to the uk and then there's the build for that m- match right like when they come back, we're going to fight them. So when they, If they come back, why not Mark Andrews? Another <laughs> another fast build. Like, and Primate, who just lost to Josh Morrell, like a guy who's never beaten anyone, is now the number one contender for the tag team championships. No, different guy. Obviously. What do you mean? This is Wild Boar. Oh, this is Wild Boar. Sorry. I wrote Primate in my notes. I probably said Primate. You're right. It's Wild Boar. Wild Boar. Totally different. He's less toothless. Right. Um... So anyways, another like high-speed storytelling, but that's what we get here. Um, Sid Scala, the assistant to the general manager, makes it official. Dragunov will defend against Wolfgang in two weeks. 
So this main event story gets three weeks total, right? Last week, oh no, four. Last week, this week, and two more weeks. Mm-hmm. So that feels about Are right. Are they going to ask Wolfgang on his thoughts about what the assistant to the general manager said about him? <laughs> I think he, I would like to hear that. It might, he might. It might be the segment next week. <laughs> last From last week, right after Sid Scala said this, <laughs> Wolfgang said this. What are your thoughts on what the general manager, or assistant to the general manager said? Or like, He'll know the interview will say assistant uh, general manager and he'll be like to the <laughs> uh, main event time Mark Coffey versus Noam Dar for the Heritage Cup Championship so we get a multiple round format right with the first person to two pinfalls or submissions picking up the win uh, what is it three minute rounds so we Something see like a quick cut of Shaw backstage looking stressed holding all of the tickets for all of the bets that people have made that he's going to have to pay off at 100 to 1 if Mark Coffey wins. So round one, as always in these matches, they're sort of feeling each other out. Dar tries to employ some heel tactics early on. He's taunting. uh, He's not breaking clean. He's sort of um, kicks to Coffey's knee. But the round ends with Coffey in control, and they each slap each other once after the bell, and Dar sells that pretty well. Round two, we get a gator lock immediately, and Dar taps out sort of to save himself, I guess, right? And so Coffey takes the early lead. Round three, Coffey's in control with the bulldog off the ropes for a near fall. Dar escapes to the apron, lands a back elbow that looks really good uh, to stop Coffey's run. Dar attacks Coffey's left arm, lands some stiff kicks for a near fall. 12 to 6 elbows, and Dar claws at Coffey's face. Um, the bell saves Coffey from a Nova roller. He's about to hit it as the bell rings and the referee sort of steps in front. Round four, so we get some holds and counters to start. Knee bar, this champagne super knee bar, which I think is awesome. Love it. By, by Dar and Coffee taps out quickly there as well to even the score at 1-1, heading into round five. Dar immediately hits a corner drop kick for a two count. Back suplex by I thought Mark. that was like, that's your near fall right there. <laughs> yes. Back suplex by Coffee for two as the pace starts to pick up in these matches as it tends to in the last couple rounds. We get a thumb to the eye and a nice pump kick to the to Coffee in the corner. A dar guillotine is countered into a Coffee suplex. And a Coffee superplex just ends that round five. So heading into round six, which is the last round we can have, right? Is that the way it works, I think? I think so. Wait, wouldn't Dar just want a no contest then? You would I think guess that, try and hold on for that, right? Or or maybe like he wants to win because I guess then like that probably makes more money for Correct. Him for and Shaw. Him and Shaw. So round six, we get a nice kick to the head by Noam Dar for a near fall. The gator lock by Coffee, but Dar ends up getting to the ropes. Which he, like, that looks kind of cool. He hits the Nova roller on the floor. Looked pretty good. Both men are down. Back we get a sweet back elbow by Dar for a near fall, a forearm, clothesline, Uranagi, and a sliding forearm, the deadly sliding forearm, and Mark Coffey ends up picking up the win. He is With the new sliding forearm. Heritage Cup champion. Um Shaw Samuels then comes out after the match, obviously upset about all the money he has lost since he gave hundred to one odds on Coffee for some strange reason. So some of the like babyface jobber roster come out to applaud Coffee as well as try and collect their winnings from um, Shaw Samuels here. So then Mark Coffee celebrates with the cup in the ring. His brother Joe shows up to, and it, you're wondering Joe like, it, for a split second, I was like, is he going to attack his brother? Which I think would have been cool, and maybe that's going to happen. But he doesn't. He celebrates with his brother. So I thought this match was pretty good. I, yeah, I, li- I like the Heritage Cup. All the Heritage Cup matches are good, right? I thought Dar looked stronger out of the two of these. I'm not surprised to say that either. I think he's pretty awesome. I wish they kind of had built to someone better than Me too, Mark. but who? Right? Why that's not the Coffee? Pro- that's the problem. Um, 
Joe Coffee. I, I was a little bit annoyed by the comedy angle with Shaw Samuels. I think it took away a little bit from this for me because it was like that was part of the focus of this, and I don't think it should have been. I don't know. To me, Shaw Samuels is not on Dar's level, but he's an equal part of their duo, even more so, like getting more time in segments and stuff lately. And I, which gets, like, um, I don't like that matches, choice. Like, or whether, whether yes. it's for him or he's dropping with someone. I thought the final couple rounds of this were the most enjoyable, almost like all of these matches. Um, I kind of feel like Dar was underused as a champion in that, like I was just saying, right, too much of his like identity was tied up in Shaw Samuels. It made the whole act feel a bit more comedy mid-card than I think they wanted it to. Because um, I think Dar's entertaining like heel main eventer for me, especially in this company looking at this roster. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, can we build Dar into facing Dragunov and being believable? They could. Would they? I don't know. Yeah, like to me, I would do that. But, um, but yeah, I don't... I think, like, not to be rude to Mark Coffey, but evidence... This is evidence that their roster's not very deep, right? Mark Coffey is one of your significant champions. Not that he's bad, but to me, he's Mark not... Mark Coffey. Right, he's not championship caliber. Good tag team wrestler, you know what I mean? But, but his partner is singles guy, challenging not sure. for the main title. Oh my god, imagine Wolfgang won the title. <laughs> imagine. Why not Wolfie? But this was a good match, right, I thought? Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, not my favorite Heritage Cup match, but I, I like all of them a decent amount, so... Yep. Uh, overall, happy to say a pretty solid episode of NXT UK, right? It had two matches that I liked in an hour. Um, neither of them involved enhancement talent, which is nice. A title changed hands in a pretty good main event, so something eventful as well. Um, and I just have to accept this on-the-fly storytelling that seems to be pervasive on this show. It's just the way they have to do things, right, I think. Um, so I was mostly entertained this week. Not one of the strongest shows, but I'm going to go with better than it's been i know so i'm torn between a b or a b plus i'll stick with a b because i guess there could be stronger stuff in between the opener and the main event so i'll give it a b i thought it was good this week i still don't think there's anything you need to rush out and see but if you do see it there's a couple matches that were good Mm -hmm. you um yeah so it was better than it's been i guess like it wasn't great but a couple solid matches and then nothing like offensive in between i guess yes so I guess I'll go with a B. I think that's better than it has Um, been, which I'm happy to say. That's something at least. Absolutely. All right. So we're going to move into our next segment, which we talk about whatever other wrestling stuff we want. And that is called any other wrestling business. So all I really have for any other wrestling business is I did watch impact wrestling while sitting out in the sun today um i was also going to talk about Takeshita mike bailey that i'm watching but i haven't finished that yet so i'll just talk about impact wrestling quickly you did not watch it but chime in any I did not any place you feel like it it won't take too long uh motor city machine guns and josh alexander defeated violent by design in what i thought was a pretty good six-man tag team opening match um basically the finish was shelly rolls diener into the motor city stretch it's called and Eric Young tries to make the save, but he gets caught in an ankle lock from Alexander, and then Diener finally taps out just before Eric Young does as well. Um, so the story of this match was kind of, and I'm not quite sure why, because I'm sort of in and out on Impact right now. So it was about whether or not Eric Young was going to join Doring and Diener. So Doring and Diener came down for the match, and it was about to start. Did he send them on the attack? Again, right? Like, I don't know. Um, but Young does show up at the last minute because I guess he's somehow at odds with Doring and Diener a bit. Anyways, he did come out just as the match was starting. 
So before the match, actually, Diener got to speak quite a bit as he was sort of looking for Eric Young backstage and running into various people. So Diener actually sounded pretty decent, I thought, and maybe he'll be transitioning to like speaking for he and Doring if Young does split from them. So actually a solid match, a really good opener for Impact. Um, so the finish of this led to a bit more storytelling. Sabin goes to hand the title over to Alexander and sort of he and Shelly are both kind of looking at the championship title as Sabin is handing it to him, sort of foreshadowing some a conversation a little bit later in this show. We then get, I told you, Jack, uh, cool. Uh, I thought it was cool, stylish uh, Killer Kelly vignette where she, right, yes, you did tell me. she's showering, putting on makeup, lounging in her apartment, having a drink. And then she looks through the keyhole of her door and you can see people moving on the other side, but I don't quite know what was going on. Um, a little bit of intrigue, I guess, or maybe I just missed something. There's that possibility too. I'm not exactly sure what's going on, but I thought the tone and the music behind it um, was pretty cool. And I like Killer Kelly, right? So even though what, tell, go ahead, tell the Killer Kelly story. Oh, right. Okay. So <laughs> it was like actually the last indie show we went to. Um, it We've was probably the, told this before, but it's it okay. It was the Progress uh, versus Smash one, right? And uh, yep. um, we were like, I'm walking around. I feel like it was like after maybe. It was because it was in a bar and it was both shows right. were over or um, in between. It was. The shows might, were. It was either before or after. I think we right. were talking to Stu Grayson. Um, yes. I after. remember like I pointed her out. I was like, Dan, look, and you're like, and you didn't know. I was like, it was because I think it was after she was on because she was on the NXT UK for a bit. Yes. I remember, and so she that's was how in I street clothes her, yeah. when we saw and her. So, so and yeah, I recognized her. And you didn't. <laughs> right. And then I told her, and I was like, and you're like, oh. Because I like her. Yeah, so yeah, that was funny. So she, I think she'll be a nice addition to the Knockouts roster that actually seems to be improving. Um, I I would just want to book their Knockouts division because I would be like, okay, we're done dealing with Rosemary. We're done dealing with Havoc, right? And we're going to push some of the younger people. But anyways. I think you're biased. We then get Macklin versus James Storm in this. So Macklin is now somehow affiliated with Moose. I think he helped Moose out somewhere along the line. And Stern, sorry, Storm wants to take out Macklin on his way to Moose, I think. James Storm? Yes. That's weird. Right now. So Macklin won this. I thought it was a good physical match. Two guys kind of with similar sizes and styles, right? Macklin won with a double underhook DDT after running Storm into an exposed turnbuckle. I don't know where the turnbuckle got exposed, and I don't think comedy... Comedy? Commentary. <laughs> um, I don't think commentary seemed to know either because they were like, oh, the turnbuckle's exposed kind of thing. So I'm really glad to see Macklin win because I feel like he wasn't going to when they were making it sound like this was like the gatekeeper match to get to Moose. I was worried Macklin was going to lose because I really like him. I think Impact's done a great job building him as something different from what he was in WWE, like actually a good wrestler now, which would be <laughs> yeah, one difference. What he was, uh, side, he was like a side guy to Riker, exactly. side guy to Corbin for right. a second. And um, never really did anything, right? right? I thought Storm looked pretty good here, considering... I remember the days when he was an enhancement guy in NXT, like way before Forgotten was. Sons, I remember. Absolutely. Uh, Storm looked good here, despite being a veteran who hasn't been around for too long. Um, yeah, so the lights go out after the match. Sammy Callahan appears in the ring with a barbed wire bat, but Macklin is one step ahead. He's already escaped the ring to the stage, so I guess that's a feud that's happening now as well. Uh, we then get our Ric Flair moment of the week. No thanks. I don't know why. Why? It feels like we're going to get a bunch of these, whether they're building to him having a match there or something. I thought oh, they better I hope not, they man. do. Um, so Chris Sabin has caught up to Scott Demore backstage. He says he wants a title match that basically holding that title and handing it to Alexander. He really wants a title shot. 
Sabin says that uh, technically Alexander may have never even gotten the title if Sabin had not suggested option C to him, which I guess is true, probably. Damore points out that it was actually Alex Shelley that won the match for them tonight. So he makes a match between Sabin and Shelley for next week with the winner going on to face Alexander, I think at the next pay-per-view, but I might be wrong about that. But um, the machine guns are both fine with this. It's not like we're um, foreshadowing any sort of turn or anything. They're both welcome the opportunity to face each other for this opportunity. So that could be a cool match as well. Chelsea Green taking on Mickey James. Uh, so notables here. Chelsea Green kisses Mickey before the match starts to try and get in Mickey James' head. She kisses her back. But Mickey James kisses her back as commentary uh, say this is hearkening back to Mickey James' Trish Stratus feud that was awesome. This one is not. Anyways, um, Chelsea Green. God, I have to. I, you notice the pause every time I say her name? Why am I pausing? Rachel Green. Because I'm going to say Rachel yeah. Green. And I have to override my instincts <laughs> to say Rachel Green every time. Um, so Chelsea Green wins a lengthy competitive match with a roll up with her feet on the ropes. I thought the finish to this was really dumb because the referee, like probably not even a minute before the finish had just stopped to count because Green had a handful of tights, but she actually didn't. And if she did, you couldn't tell at all. So he caught that even though it didn't even happen, but somehow he couldn't see that she had her feet up on the second rope right, right beside the rope, which is like a pretty like way more obvious. hard thing to miss. Right. So I thought that was lame. And I don't I just didn't think this match was very good. And I'm gonna say it. I've seen enough of Chelsea Green in the ring now as a heel and a baby face, and I know she's been wrestling for a long time. I don't think she's good. I think she's bland and I think she's kinda overrated. Uh I think she's okay in the ring at best. She just seems to lack charisma or fire or anything that might make her interesting. She feels like to me a less talented Brit Baker just going on her look and her size and stuff, right? but with like no charisma. And I, this was supposed to be like a bitter, bitter rivalry match between like two former friends and there just wasn't any heat to this and the stuff she does is just kind of okay, right? So I'm kind of not in on the whole Chelsea Green love. I don't, I don't see it. Um, great news, Jack. You're going to love that I got to suffer through this segment. What mm -hmm. kind of stuff do I love in Impact Wrestling? Wrestle House. So not quite. What other stuff do I love in Wrestle Supernatural. Correct. So who would be a supernatural person? Rosemary. Correct. Havoc. So Rosemary is looking for havoc. Rosemary and Taya, I think because they're worried about Giselle Shaw, if that if I remember correctly. Not a good reason, anyways, even though I like Giselle Shaw. So she is taking Taya to the undead realm this week to look for havoc. Yay. Oh, and I'm out. I'm out already. So they teleport. They walk do you know what the undead realm looks like? No. A dark forest. Sweet. And you know what else is in the Undead Realm that is somewhat ironic? Lots and lots of chirping birds in the Undead Realm. Did you Maybe know they're zombie birds. It could be. Undead birds, I guess. So they play this as kind of comedy. Like Taya seems to be in on some sort of joke a little bit. Anyways, they're talking. Rosemary starts ranting about something. Taya wanders off and heads towards this giant, like, oval burst of light. She walks into it, and it's like a blank white space, which she likes better because it's like a blank slate for her. And then she quickly finds Havoc, who looks significantly less dark and edgy from her normal persona. Rosemary joins them here, and Taya says, I see you've met Jessica. <gasps> Face turn? I don't know. And Havoc smiles to end the segment. Right, didn't she used to be Jessica Havoc or yes, something? Yes, she was. So I thought this surprise. Guess what I thought about this? It was awesome. I thought it was bad on several levels. One, 
It felt like it couldn't decide if it was serious or comedy, or maybe it was just Taya refusing to take it seriously, but it was like, I think they think this is like funny, kind of, and they're wrong, but they think that. Uh, there's no really significant reason for them to seek out Havoc that I can remember, and I guess the point is there's this character change for Havoc, but I'm sorry, who cares? In general, Rosemary's character is super played out as well, but Impact... It seems like they never give up. It's like something that they think makes their brand unique is we always have Rosemary, who's a supernatural whatever, but um, I don't think that's unique in a good way. I think Taya deserves better than this situation, and segments like this make her feel like a mid-card comedy person who's like almost a second for Rosemary. This is what, and... she, came at... right? this is what she came back for. I don't like this, so anyways. Um, I forget his first name, Gujar. Uh, I forget what it is. Anyways, I kind of like him. Pinder or whatever. Something yeah, something long. like that. So he beat Johnny Swinger on BTI, and he approaches Brian Myers about a match for the digital media title, claiming that Myers said if he could beat Swinger, he could have a match. So Myers, basically, he could have a match. Myers, being a heel, sort of backpedals and says like, oh no, we, I just said that we would figure something out or something along those lines. So Myers tells Gujar he's on his way, but he can't, I thought this was kind of funny, he can't challenge for the digital media championship until he gets the blue check mark which means like he's verified on Twitter. So because it's, uh, it's digital media. Got it. Right. So I thought that was a funny like heel trying to weasel out of things excuse. Um, so yeah, I think Gujar's a guy they should focus on a bit more. Maybe that's their ploy to actually get him verified on Twitter. So could, then it's like... Could be. That's just like their plan. And then everyone's going to like follow him and like... Or their plan verified. is he'll get verified and get a match, but he'll never be able to get verified. And they'll just have to keep dragging these like Jay Lethal <laughs> segments that just come out every week and <laughs> right. say this. You gotta get verified, bud. <laughs> Um, Masha Slamovich absolutely squashed Tennille Dashwood in like less than two minutes, I would say. Basically, drag and screw, boot, snowplow. Uh, I really liked it. They still ha are booking Masha really dominant. Um, and now she's starting to face like more legitimate competition, which is good. She just has like a different level of aggression and intensity in her stuff that I really enjoy. So I don't know. I've seen longer matches with her on indie stuff and she's looked really good. So I'm hoping that that holds true. So to me, the knockouts division, they should focus on newcomers like Masha, Giselle Shaw, Killer Kelly to sort of freshen things up because they can all wrestle a bit too, right? Then they would have like a mix of veterans. Like I think Taya's still good. Perazzo's awesome. There's even a spot for Tash. I don't think she's as good as they think she is, but um, just stop doing things with like Rosemary and Havoc and stuff that's just kind of old. Even... Um, what's the group the influence like yeah i'm fine with them disappearing for a bit right there's anyways we then get a recap of mike bailey being attacked by violent vibe by design after he defeated alan angels last week gia asked him about it and he gives diener a match for the title saying that all diener really had to do was ask because bailey is a fighting champion because he's a baby face he is so Bailey's delivery is kind of unique and sounds really, I call it calculated. It used to annoy me, but now I kind of like it. He sounds like a really like disciplined martial arts master who is just sort of choosing his words really carefully. You know what I mean? It's kind of working for me somehow. Mm -hmm. um, he's having a great year, by the way, uh, Mike Bailey. All, like not just an impact, but like everywhere. He's a big deal this year. I don't know. I I'm happy for I the Canadian boy. Uh, Gia then asked Mickey James what's next for her. Mickey says... You're only as good as your last match. Gia asked Mickey where she's going, and Mickey says she's going home. And I said, wait a minute, and you probably can't confirm this. Didn't they do this already? Wasn't this part of her feud with Perazzo that she went home? And remember, Perazzo went and attacked her on the farm 
Like this I whole like did. I know they did have that match. This whole veteran is like going home is getting old to me. But anyways, that's where they're going with Maybe it. That's just her going to WWE. Could be main event time. Bullet Club taking on Honor No More. Dream match. Oh my god. So PCO is not included in this as the story is him like slightly on the outs with his faction. Um, that keeps going on. So Heath attacks Vincent on the stage because apparently. Um, Honor No More took out Rhino and Heath's attacking them to get revenge. He's doing like the Kazarian kind of thing where he's just coming out the and attacking. Honor Hunter. Right. Um, seems really similar to stuff Violent by Design did with Rhino like months ago, but anyways, who am I to criticize? So things break down leading to the finish here. Maria hits a low blow to Gallows to stop a magic killer, although Gallows did have to like walk this magic killer over to the ropes which kind of looked silly so she could hit him right naturally um boston knee party from eddie edwards top rope splash that i think they called aurora borealis which is one of the things that annoys me about taven because he's a guy that takes like normal everyday moves and names them because he thinks he's funny you know what i mean like he hits you with the knee and it's called just the tip and just i don't know he bugs me but anyway that seems like I, i understand doing that sometimes like i don't like that's okay sometimes but like he has a lot uh so he earns honor no more the win here so i guess this is honor no more picking up a win finally in a large tag match but neither of these factions are really interesting to me honor no more just keep doing the same thing while losing most of the time and bullet club as baby faces here just doesn't work for me especially when half of it's gallows and anderson do you know anderson <laughs> is the open weight champ right now i knew that and because they were like he's the ch- champ champ and i'm like what and then they mentioned it i knew that but i don't I'm so confused. Yeah. So I guess this match was fine, but the only real highlight for me was there was a sequence early on where Bay and Austin were working as a tag team and hitting like combo moves and tandem moves and stuff. I thought they should be a tag team, man. They had that awesome tag team match and I, they just seemed to work well together. Wait, don't tell me. Machine guns. Was it? Was it? Yeah, it was. That's what I thought. And I, I would know. give them a massive push as a tag team, but that's just me. They seem to have great chemistry. Um, so these matches just feel like they're trying to get lots of people on TV or onto pay-per-views. I thought this was like, the best I could say is it was a standard eight-man tag. There was nothing really exciting about it. Nonetheless, pretty good episode of Impact. The opening six-man tag, Macklin Storm match was pretty good. Uh, and I like Killer Kelly's vignette quite a bit. But there was a bunch of issues too. We got a lengthy women's match I didn't think was very good. A bad trip to the Undead Realm that was about what I expected, and a Ric Flair highlight that no one asked for, and stop putting this guy on TV at this point. Like, we're done with him, I think. How old is he? Who cares? I'm talking about the stuff that came out on the Dark Side of the Ring stuff. Like, what he's was a, it again? He's a dirtbag. Remember, uh, he like sexually harassed. The... Oh, the planer from hell. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So, like, we know the guy's a dirtbag. We don't need him on TV, anyways. Um, we know Vince is a dirtbag. He's still got control in the company. So true. The show moved pretty quickly. I was fine with it overall, so I gave it a solid B this week. And you don't have anything for this segment, I don't think? Uh, nope. But you do have something for figuring it out? Uh, I watched Princess Bride that's unrelated, but that's something. <laughs> nice. So we'll move into our final segment where Jack will hit us with an, any sort of news from the world of wrestling action figures in a segment we call Figuring It Out with Jack. Okay, so the first bit of news is is quite an interesting one. I told you about it earlier in the week. Um, so San Diego Comic Con season's coming up, and yes. naturally, um, WWE Mattel they always have an exclusive. Um, usually it's like something little. Oh yes. More off the cuff. Um, so you may wonder what was it this year? Um, I think last year it was an Elite Mister T. Nice. Um, I think also once it was a Slim Jim Macho Man. 
Nice. We know last year was Ultimate Edition Sergeant Slaughter, like kind of G.I. Joe one. And then before the year before that, it was Mr. T. And then they also had the Slim Jim Macho Man. Right. This year now. Um, I for- you told me this already? Yes. I'll remember you when like- you tell me. I don't remember Wait, right hold now. On, try to guess. I want to see if you can remember. It, Something that I would. It was would- a two pack. Oh, did you. Did we talk about this? Was it the movie we reviewed? You haven't talked about that since? Is that what it was? Yeah. Oh, I thought we didn't mention it on 103. No, we didn't. No, because oh. I don't think it did it. I don't I, know. I can't remember when we talked about it, but I trust you. I don't even know if I did. So, Anyways, if I didn't talk about it, um, the Ultimate Edition two pack San Diego Comic Con exclusive is No Holds Barred, Rip, gross. and Zeus. So yeah, Hogan's got a couple of heads. One of them is Rip, the, as in Zach Gibson, <laughs> or or who's it? Oh, uh, Rip Thomas. Right. Um, he the, he's got a two reused heads from his last Ultimate Edition, and then also the new head, which is from the the Dookie. It's oh the, what's that smell? Yeah. Classic scene. And then Zeus has got like the lazy eye and he's got like the yelling face and the grimacing face. Literally the only two faces you really need. The grimacing um, face was ninety like percent of it. <laughs> no, I'd I'd even argue that the yelling was like over half True. of it. The grunting. <laughs> ah. Snarling. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And Hogan's got like the rip shirt, a white strap wing eagle title, hands and he's got Sounds the rip awesome. gesture. Yeah. So that's the thing. Sweet. Anything else? <laughs> It's not great. Um. Oh, and then we also got um. Then there's some new AEW images. Uh, which is, I guess, kind of interesting. Yeah. Um. So it's Unrivaled Ten. I want to say yes. Um. So the first there's Britt Baker with the new, the old new women's title. Okay. You know, like the slightly larger. The larger, old one. Yep. If that makes sense. It does. Um. Yeah. So. Hold on, I'm just trying to pull it up here because the computer's being stupid. Um, so it's from. Hold on, the title's like way too big now. Hold on, I'll show you. Like, wow, <laughs> it went from being a bracelet to being like a like a suit waist, of armor, a giant like a waistband, like an abdominal thing, and then she got like a rubber jacket. Gotta love the rubber jackets for sure. Those are my favorite. Who oh, does from Double or Nothing? So it's when it's from when she won the title. Nice. Um, then you got a uh, commentary Taz. Okay exciting right uh very oh my god he's got a rubber vest sweet so he's got a, he's gonna have little posability gotta love it so that's his only position and he's got like brown pants i don't i don't love he it does look stocky he's got sunglasses too and a microphone so that's lame it's from dynamite november 25th 2020 and then also he's got the uh rare variant one of three thousand which is slightly different because <laughs> gray pants and he has a hat oh the hat Makes like, it all worth such it. Such a waste of a variant spot. Also, Britt Baker's the other variant, uh, one of 5,000 Chase variant. I think this is cool because this is from Double Nothing 2019, so this would be from her first appearance. So that's nice. kind of cool. It's like a pre-Heel Baker. Nice. Sucky Baker. Right. Uh, then we have Andrade. Um, he's got the skull mask head and then the... Pinstripe suit? The, oh, the pants the, you love. The, the normal head. Yeah, he's got the great pants. He's got like a rubber suit. I really hope that's easy to take off because I will not use it because the rubber suits are garbage. Then we have uh, Miro in the TNT gear with the TNT title. Nice. Um, he's all right. I like the angry head better, but like the smirking head's not the best. Then we have Blood and Guts Wardlow in the white and purple camo. Actually, I really like that. Yeah, that that's looks cool. Nice. The face looks good, at least from a distance. Mm-hmm. From and then this we have distance. Blood and Guts Hager in the inmate suit. Uh, it's better than his first head scan, but it's still not. Still Hager. Great. It's still Hager. Nice. That's it. That is it? Oh, I, it's not figure related, but I do want to mention that they revealed the office like I said today. And it's really yes. Cool. 
Yeah, they have Want. 15 people. Yeah, I'm definitely going to get that. I wonder what or price point you're predicting. Like 90 bucks? That's my guess. No. that's More? That, it's more than that. Damn it. But I mean... Have you seen how much fair, it is? I do uh, remember... Or I, I, I do remember hearing it, but it's like... I want to say it was like 120 maybe Damn it. or something. Oh, wow. I don't know. It does, Still cool. it does have 15 minifigures, which that's pretty ludicrous for a set of that size. So. Yep. Sounds I'm, good. I'll definitely try to get it or one of us will get it because... That's probably something you're actually interested in. It is. is I love The Office, and Lego is cool. Yeah. And you can, like, take out Michael's um, office. So, like, if you wanted to display that separately, you could, like, put it. Or you could, like, that would be cool to put on the shelf. I'd put that on the shelf, or you could put it on the shelf. or The shelf. If we ever do video with our podcast, it'll be proudly displayed. Yes, indeed. All right. Well, I guess that's bringing us to the end of episode 104. Two years into this, still enjoying it appreciate any time you spend listening to us talk about wrestling in your week would love to hear from you comments anything at all would be nice like subscribe follow us whatever you need to do on any of those platforms fnswrestling at gmail.com if you'd like to email us that comes to me or if you want to contact us on our not super active instagram teenage son who's on his phone all day who could be running a more productive instagram oh, for I us for sure fns underscore wrestling underscore podcast on instagram Feel free to reach out to Jack and tell him to get moving on that Instagram account. But anyways, we will be back here next Saturday for episode 105. I don't think there's anything planned in between that. So we will for sure see you back then. And until then, take care. Bye.